What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now you can subscribe to our VIP podcast lineup within the Apple Podcast app using your Apple account. That's new as of March 2022. Just search PW Torch in your Apple Podcast app and you'll see the PW Torch Daily Cast logo show up. That's our free show that's been around forever. And also the PW Torch VIP Podcast logo. There is a free show every week, so subscribe even if you don't plan to go VIP and get a sample of our VIP tier programming. But if you click subscribe, then you'll become a VIP member instantly with a three-day free trial, after which your Apple account will be charged. So you don't need to take out your credit card, debit card, or go anywhere else. If you listen to our free shows on Apple Podcasts, you are five seconds away from being a VIP member with a three-day free trial. So we invite you to check it out. That includes dozens of VIP shows throughout the week, including VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows and podcasts and daily casts. All those episodes are presented to VIP members with ads and plugs removed, along with VIP exclusives like our post-pay-per-view roundtables, the Wade Keller Hotline, The Fix with Todd and Wade, everything with Rich and Wade, and many other VIP exclusive shows. Just search PW Torch within the Apple Podcasts app. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Now, PW Torch and Spreaker bring you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. It's time to talk this week's AEW Dynamite on TNT. So, Javier, uh, how you feeling about Tony Khan's big announcement? A an event named Forbidden Door, which I think is just trolling me, um, <laughs> is uh, is coming to uh, to the United Center in Chicago the last weekend of June. Uh, it was a uh, interesting moment with the press, uh, the, the the owner, president, Lee Booker, Tony Khan, and the president of New Japan shaking hands, only to be mysteriously and magically interrupted on the big screen by Adam Cole. Tony Khan should fire someone for that. Um, how did that happen? And then, uh, and then after that, uh, Jay White comes out and cuts a promo to kind of less of a crowd response than than I thought, considering how many people pop for New Japan. I. It's kind of a weird crowd tonight in Pittsburgh in terms of their responses to things being a little different than either other cities or what I expected. At least that was my take. But yeah, uh, what do you what do you think of this? I know it was kind of the top pick of what the announcement was going to be. I don't know if it was a huge surprise for a lot of people. Uh, but how, how did you react? Oh, I mean, I've been kind of expecting this for about two years now. Uh, I felt it was going to come like two years ago, but then the uh, when the pandemic hit, it uh, I think it put the kibosh on a lot of that stuff because there there were a lot of storylines like suddenly being created through social media and other spots uh, with wrestlers that were from New Japan talking about wrestlers in AEW and vice versa. Uh, but then that obviously the pandemic slowed that down, so it looks like it's finally time to uh, to get this thing going. And uh, I'm excited, although after the third night of Wrestle Kingdom, uh, there was a crossover. It was a crossover show with Noah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, my excitement is tempered because it could just end up being a bunch of tag team matches. Um, you know, like, you know, Bullet Club versus, you know, that sort of thing, you know, yeah. like different, you know, groups together. So, uh, so I'm a little bit tempered in that. Uh, and I, I'm hoping that by then we have something on Kenny Omega because I kind of like – that's kind of like he's kind of like a linchpin between the two of them. Uh, really high top guy in New Japan, top guy in AEW. Uh, I would have liked. I would hope that he's involved. So, um, so yeah. I mean, I'm I'm excited, but a little bit tempered from where I would have been like two years ago. Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm real curious what ticket sales are. Did they announce an on on sale date? Uh, I, I got a press release. I didn't during the show. I didn't have a chance to read it yet. I didn't see an on-sale date. I just saw the um, that's oh. going to be one on the 26th, I think. Yep. So I op- I just opened the press release that AEW sent us. <laughs> By the way, when WWE sends us press releases, the subject line says what the press release is about. And this is very AEW of AEW. Their subject line in an AEW press release about Forbidden Door, the subject line is press release. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's quite literal, but... Let's step let's step it up a little bit here. I mean, you could like let the media know we're used to getting press releases. That is not the most tempting hook to uh, to open it. It's not a big deal, but it is a little little I don't know minor league. I've, yeah, I, I've been on their website. I mean, you know, they could up that game. Oh. It cannot possibly be so expensive to oh. not you know do something. You know, they they have the worst pro wrestling website of any company with a budget over $400 annually. I, I'm, I mean, I know Tony Khan likes his social media, but that is a very underutilized. I mean, people still go to websites like to find out about if I want to buy a ticket 
to my local sports team, I, I kind of want to look at the schedule. Like I, I go to the local thing. If I have a, like, I don't know. I mean, I could give a bunch of examples. People still go to websites, AW. Like you can not have to, I don't want to have to search the Twitter feed if I'm an AW fan to find out key information about what's coming up. Like you can't find out consistently anything about AEW. You have to go to their Twitter feed and spend 10 minutes scrolling to try to find their graphic that they tweeted. So yeah, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but I just, I yeah, chuckle no. at that. I, I, I mean, just make it an aggregator of what people are tweeting. That would be <laughs> that. Yes. You know? I, there, I, there are so many suggestions I have for their website. It's, I mean, Impact Wrestling blows them away. Uh, anyway, I don't want, like I said, yeah. that's a sidebar book. Jeez, oh, wow. Um, so May 6th is the on-sale date. Um, I am uh, really curious what uh, what ticket sales are like and if they announce matches ahead of time or if they're going to experiment and see if just, you know, the, the novelty of this um, does it? Chicago's kind of become like a capital of the wrestling world again. Uh, it, it it had some big events over the years. Jim Crockett Promotions, um, you know, went there. WCW held Shy Town Heat was Shy Town Heat or Shy Town Rumble. Um, uh, there, I, I attended that back in was it eighty nine? Uh, anyway, um, so I mean, you know, th- there's a history in AEW. Sort of in a way, picks up on the WCW history um, in, in certain ways because WWE has their history. Uh, but man, I mean, from all out all, or all in, all out, and uh, the CM Punk United Center event. Yeah, I'm just Chicago's a good place to be if you're a big wrestling fan and you like the AW product, especially. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I sent uh, Eric Corolla DM about that. <laughs> <so>. Yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, my my, uh, you know, lucky bastard. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Also, by the way, um, the press release has a quote from um, uh, the New Japan president. And, and it, it says, as we have done for more than 50 years, the power of pro wrestling can energize people by fulfilling their dreams. You know, which is fine. It's a quote. But they hyphenated pro wrestling. And that means you're for pro wrestling. Like, I'm pro-abortion <laughs> rights. You know, like, you're no, there's no dash in pro wrestling. Like, there never has been. That's, what are you... Who's proofreading these things? It's just it's just little stuff like that. Come on. Come on, people. It's like spelling Ric Flair's name wrong at a press release. Like, don't spell pro wrestling wrong at a press release. There's no dash in it. Um, anyway, like I said, I'm people who think I pick on AEW are really going to think I'm being petty today. But, you know, from a media guy getting a press release that says press release, I mean, I'm still not quite over that yet. That's just... And anyway. Um, so, yeah, this, this could be really cool. But like you said, it might not be really cool. Like, it might be just... A novelty, you know, I mean, they're going to sell a lot of tickets. People are going to drive in. Any chance people have who are New Japan fans to see New Japan wrestlers in person. That, I mean, you're going to get a bunch of out-of-state people. Um, out-of-country people. People drive down from Canada. So they're going to have that. I, I'm i curious how much, if this sort of becomes like Battle of the Belts, if AEW doesn't do a ton with it. Um, and they just sort of, it's just like the side thing and Excalibur speed talks his way through plugging it a couple times and that's about it. Or if we're actually going to see if, uh, like two months of consistent parallel hype for this and also their next pay-per-view and then, you know, everything else they have going on. I mean, they have a lot going on and this is a waste on the line. Maybe they wait till after Dollar Nothing to really, um, start hyping this, but if they want to sell tickets on May 6th, starting May 6th, they're going to probably want to spend a couple weeks you know, announcing at least a few matches, right, Javier? Yeah, well, uh, I heard that uh, Suzuki showed up on Dark, I believe. Uh, I think I saw that on Twitter. Um, 
So, and then you have uh, yeah, Cole versus Ishii. Uh, so they're, they're doing some stuff. Uh, I'm also hoping that there's some sort of involvement with Impact because there's been a lot of New Japan mm-hmm. uh, crossover uh, over there with uh, with their stuff and, uh, you know, also with the ROH stuff. So I, I would hope that there's a little bit, you know, just you know, a little bit more beyond that. Um, so, yeah, uh, it, it's I'm expecting to be some things, hopefully. And, and that's the thing, because like on the low end is what you just described. That is going to be like Battle of the Belts, kind of like just a bonus show, like a house show kind of scenario. Uh, on the high end, it's going to be, you know, something that's going to be something that's going to be memorable and, and amazing uh, sort of story. Because, I mean, it, uh, I, I would pr- <laughs> when Jay White came out and he talked about uh, New Japan previously putting on a, a another co-show like that, it, you know, uh, the ROH part of it, it was ROH and New Japan and the R- and ROH did not hold up their end of the bargain. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Japan brought it, but ROH didn't. So yeah. my mind immediately went there. <laughs> so but I mean, this is AEW, so I'm, I'm sure that uh, that uh, things are going to be, uh, you know, I am looking forward to it. I just don't know. You know, I'm tempering expectations is rather to I'd rather have my expectations low and be <laughs> surpassed than have super high expectations that- and get, you know disappointed then you're not gonna like my next question what are what are the top four matches you want to see on this show if they bring it um god (laughs) that's a good like aw versus new japan if that's the theme who who do you want to see hangman page against who do you want to see cm punk against who do you want to see brian danielson against yeah i I mean uh uh, good God, Wade. Is Kenny Omega uh, back by then? Is Kenny Omega that's, that's back? What I'm hoping, that's what I'm yeah. hoping. If Kenny Omega is back, I want to see, uh, if not, not necessarily in a match, but I, I got to see something between, I'd like to see him interact, because he's the one I'm most interested in, because I want to see him interact with Okada. I want to see him interact with Ibushi. Uh, I want to see him interact with some of those people. Um, uh, I don't know if the uh, Moxley-Tanahashi thing is going to continue into then. Um, since they, they have, they've had a, you know, uh, back and forth, uh, you know, I don't know if it's going to continue from there. Uh, Ishii, just about anybody. Like I, I'm, I'm hoping if there's one dream match is that Miro's comes <laughs> back and he goes up against Ishii. Like that, that is probably my dream match. That is your dream match. That, yeah. I don't, how uh, many, and, how many tickets does that sell? I mean, not zero, but it's your dream match. It's not. Like, it'll it'll sell it for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, but the, for the other top guys, it's just you know, things had been setting up because like at, at the time when originally looked like it was being set up, it looked like it was going to be like a Bullet Club uh, kind of a war between like Bullet Club and at the time uh, Gorillas of Destiny were in New Japan and they were sniping with the Young Bucks and Tenny Omega and I and I thought it might have been like the Elite versus Bullet Club, but that's changed. So so it's kind of hard. And particularly since I hadn't been watching a lot of this, you know, I'm, I'm actually just catching up on Impact. I've got just like one more episode to watch and I'm caught up. Uh, and, you know, a lot of the storyline has been told through that. Uh, a lot of stuff through Strom because uh, Jay White's basically been just here in the United States building up the, the Bullet Club brand here in the U.S., uh, a lot of this, you know, Girls Destiny versus the Good Brothers happen here in the U.S. There's a lot of stuff that I'm, I just finished catching up, so it's kind of hard to picture exactly what I want. Sure. I j- the one thing is the 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 um, you know Evils Group. You could leave that in Japan. <laughs> yeah. I'd be fine if that one stays in Japan. Uh, but, Send them over you know. to Impact for a special storyline. Is that okay? No, no, because I like Impact too. I know. Too, I know. So. I was gonna say, yeah, you're not the right <laughs> so one to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> you know so yeah uh, 
but uh, uh yeah uh, i mean if they come here and don't and leave the uh leave the cheap the 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 cheap stuff behind i'd uh, i'd be uh, happy uh oh you know i just had another dream match um toriano versus danhausen okay that might just be for me though do, do you, i was gonna say do you do you, i'm pausing like do you think danhausen needs to be on this show <laughs> with, with with uh with him with uh with with uh, Toriano, I mean, I'm sure that some people are gonna have a connection to just I just said, but I I I I'd like to see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, let's uh let's pause. Let's let's introduce the show, and then we'll get to uh, phone calls and emails and a lot more about uh a a jam packed dynamite. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You can support us on Patreon and get these shows. With ads and plugs removed, the Wade Keller Processing Podcast, Wade Keller Processing Post Shows, and the PW Torch Daily Cast throughout the week with ads and plugs removed, plus a few bonus VIP shows throughout the month for just $4.99 a month. Check it out, patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. That's patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. And you can also upgrade to other tiers and receive even more benefits through Patreon. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show for Wednesday, April 20th. 
2022. Thank you for live streaming or downloading our show. You can always live stream us at wadekellerpostshow.com. You can find a direct link to our live stream in my Dynamite TV rundown at pwtorch.com. Full report with analysis. Uh, by the way, since I'm covering the show live, if you're watching, if you read the live coverage on the website, I often go back and fill out detail. Um, I like to rewatch stuff from Dynamite because it is so... If I, if I, In fact, if I'm not doing the post show, if Zach Hadorn is hosting, it takes me like three hours to watch Dynamite, you know, when I'm doing the report. I like, I really pause, I rewatch stuff. Um, so if you're uh, reading my reports at pwtorch.com, I invite you to check it out the next day too because I usually pad it out with, uh, with more details and analysis. But that said, you can find a link to the live stream at the top and bottom of those reports. And also on our Twitter feed, at PWTorch. Um, and uh, that's a good way to find us. That also has the phone number you can call or the, the email that you can uh, use. Speaking of which, um, we'll be getting to phone calls and emails later. But first, let me introduce uh, my co-host on today's show, Javier Machado. Uh, normally, uh, or most often, I don't want to say it's normal, um, but uh, most often uh, when we hear from Javier, it's the, the roundtable section at, near the end of the show before mailbag. With, uh, with the Javier music, uh, but we get him for the full show tonight. It worked out well with the uh, New Japan news since Javier, you have been known to podcast about New Japan for, uh, for PW Torch also. Welcome. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm guessing the rest of the crew are too baked uh, <laughs> to have joined. Uh, happy 420, everybody. Yes, yes. I, I, you know what? I would not be opposed to somebody live streaming <laughs> us right now who's just super baked. To give us a call. Um, <laughs> let, let us know what you thought. I, I, I have never smoked pot and watched AEW Dynamite. Um, it sounds like it'd be inter- it could be an interesting experiment someday. Um, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of that goes on. I'm not quite sure how my perception of things would be different. But, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. All right. I'll stop there. Um, <laughs> you started that out here. All right. So, yeah. yeah. I know, I know. Give us a call. Okay. So, speaking of which, our phone number is 347 347- Two one five eight five five eight, and no, I'm not doing a post show. Well, hi, three four seven two one five eight five five eight, and when you call, push one on your keypad, and uh, then we'll uh, bring you onto the show. You can also email us Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. That's Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. Um, we put up our uh, ten years ago show yesterday on our blue logo feed, the Wade Keller Processing Podcast feed. And uh, tomorrow, our, our uh, current flagship will be with Todd Martin every roughly every three weeks. We simulcast the VIP Fix as our flagship. And so with Todd, we'll talk about this New Japan uh, announcement, get, to- get Todd's take on that, and everything else going on in wrestling. But first things first, as noted, our, uh, our discussion, our focus here is on Dynamite and everything that happened on it. 347-215-8558 or Wade Keller podcast at PWTorch. Com. And I'm Wade Keller, the editor-publisher of the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter, the website pwtorch.com, the host of The Fix with Todd Martin, and everything with Rich Fan. We've got a two-hour episode of everything that Rich and I recorded right before Dynamite, so that'll be going up for VIP members. And boy, did we talk about everything. We lived up to the name. We're all over the place, um, in, but in a, in a good way, some uh, some fun tangents and, and uh, thorough analysis of top stories over the last week in wrestling. So VIP members, be on the lookout for that. You can go VIP and get all of our free shows with the VIP version of all our free shows with the ads and plugs removed and bonus content along with our uh, lineup of VIP podcasts, a handful of which I host throughout the week, plus some other excellent ones with other voices and other specialties. So uh, check out full details 
on our VIP signup page, which is pwtorch.com slash govip. That will bring you to our uh, our VIP signup page with information on how to pay. You can pay with your uh, Apple account directly on your iPhone. You can pay through Patreon, and you can sign up directly on our website with credit card, debit card, or PayPal. So lots of ways to go VIP and lots of ways to listen. We're uh, compatible uh, with the native podcast Apple app. Uh, and uh, and pretty much every everywhere else. Um, so we make it real easy for you. You can also stream our shows directly from our VIP ad free website. Okay, um, yeah, let's uh, let's just uh, shift into phone calls here. And uh, I have more I want to talk about. If callers don't bring it up and emails don't, I'll uh, I'll bring it up, Javier, with you as we move on here. Okay, up first we'll go to uh, Hinton in London, Ontario. Hinton, welcome to the show. Thanks for being up first tonight. Hey, Wade. Hey, Javier. Javier, really great that you're on this week of all weeks, actually, because uh, I have a question specifically for you regarding the New Japan stuff. Um, So I thought it was a pretty unremarkable episode of, of Dynamite overall, apart from MJF and Wardlow. And maybe the Black Blackpool Combat Club. I have very little emotional investment in anyone, especially this announcement. And I want to be very happy for you know people like Javier, Rich Fan, Kelly Well, Sean Radigan. Um, but the New Japan stuff so far is a little meh to me. For example, I don't know who Ishii is other than you know someone who's probably going to have a good match, and we have enough of that in AEW. Um, there's no video package to introduce him for for Rampage this week. He was just kind of a name that was thrown out there. Uh, Jay White's promo for the second time in AEW contained nothing of substance, nor did he have the delivery of someone who is supposed to be this intersectional, transcending, world-dominating heel. And he could have set the tone for things. He could have said something like, you know, for those of you who don't know us, but instead he's just like, I love the elite, I love Bullet Club, giggle, giggle, come watch us in two months. So this brings me to my question. Um, Yes, we're going to get good matches. Fine. I get good matches every week. But is there anyone in the New Japan roster with a unique set of story storytelling skills, um, specifically not in the ring, but like in, in terms of being able to carry a rivalry? So is there someone who you know has the character ped- pedigree to introduce himself quickly to a new audience and to carry a self-contained story for four to six weeks to get me hyped for a match which may be great or may even be a little silly or underwhelming um, wouldn't really matter so much to me. And bonus points if this set of skills is somewhat unique to this uh, New Japan wrestler and not something that we don't already have in the, in the AW roster. Uh, Javier, before you answer, hitting that's some bad news for you. The answer to that is Jay White. Uh, go ahead, Javier. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, well, you now also have um, uh, Will Ospreay is another one. Because uh, the, th- the thing is that in New Japan, they're not really super story heavy based. So um, it- it's almost like the matches are done and then like, you know, the-, the wrestlers themselves like come up with, you know, it's all promos after the match. And, you know, they build up what they what do. It's pro wrestling back- they do pro wrestling backwards. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so so now. In terms of like building up, uh, because I mean, that's the thing, like the feuds are more about, um, 
you know, like uh, these two train used to train together and, and, and you see them fight kind of thing, uh, which is why I, I was when when at first this, you know, so I brought up the fact that it was two years ago. It looks like it was setting it up is because then you had more of the Bullet Club because Bullet Club is the, uh, you know, the outsider faction, the, you know, um, you know, the non-Japanese group. Uh, so they, you know, it looked like they would they they would be the ones that would like headline a versus thing like this. Uh, but because of the pandemic right now, new Japan has mostly been, you know, uh, Japanese talent for the most part, while the American, a lot of the, uh, the English speaking people have been over here in the United States. Um, so which would, you know, headlined by Jay white, uh, you have will Osprey, someone who can do it. I think, uh, uh Zack Sabre jr. Is another one who could do it. Um, who could help carry. Cause I mean, the, the, the the weight would be carried by your English speaking audience over here, uh, you know, from that group with um, of the actual Japanese talent. I think Shingo uh, would be one because uh, Shingo's got a personality, like an outsider personality, even if he doesn't, you know, you're, you don't understand the language, the way that he emotes and stuff. He's one of them. Uh, Okada also has that kind of charisma of, you know, this guy that looks like a badass that, you know, would make you, you know, interested. But you have to, you know, the thing is, you also have to come to the point that, you know, to come from the perspective that, you know, this is another country's stars. So obviously, if you're not following that, you know, that promotion, it's kind of like, you know, like if you watch the Olympics, you might not know who's, you know, the gymnast from, you know, uh, China. You don't know those people, but you could, re you know, um, recognize the talent when you actually watch them do what they do. Um, and, you know, some of it's also going to have to be carried by, you know, the excitement of other people around you, you know, other people around you. So that's pretty much like, you know, uh, and, and, hidden because of what you're referring to that's why i would also think that it's a possibility that it might be more of a you know i, I keep my my i'm trying to like temper everything because they might understand that and it'd be just more instead of it being like built as a pay-per-view for it being like the end of storylines like a double or nothing it might be a pay-per-view which is just ex essentially a bunch of ex what i would call exhibition matches uh getting the, these wrestlers out together uh, and, and and see some fun matches like you mentioned you know you we already see good wrestling but you know we'll see leading up to it whether they start building storylines or if it's like what you said that's just going to be some good wrestling uh, but I wouldn't sneeze on that because uh, you know a lot of wrestlers in New Japan have a different style and I and, and that's person why I likes uh, you know New Japan is once is seeing like Zack Sabre Jr. I dream of Zack Sabre Jr. versus Jonathan Gresham. I know they, they've they've wrestled before, but they both have like a, a mat based uh, style, and I I, I want to see those two like counter you know uh, you know the counter holds and stuff like that. Th those are kind of the, the 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 things that I'm looking forward to, and ex you know being a, uh, exposed to new styles basically. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Did you know we also have a website? pwtorch.com daily news updates editorials and my live tv coverage covering raw dynamite and smackdown and my live pay-per-view coverage for wwe and aew create a tab or bookmark make it a daily stop visit us throughout the day every day to keep up on breaking news and more that's pwtorch.com <laughs>
but I want to experience it. Because you use a key phrase, like a lot of people in that building might not know a lot that's going on, but they just want to be in that. It's like, I'd go to a big college basketball game with two teams who I don't know any of the players or any of their history just to be in a college basketball environment. You know what I mean? Like where there's a home team and the, the crowd, the, the students are just going absolutely crazy. And I mean, you can't help but get just drawn into that. Do you think AEW has a big portion of their fan base that is eager to experience something that they've heard a lot about, but don't know a lot about, but they want to, you know, cross into that realm. And this can be sort of a gateway to do that. Cause certainly there'll be a lot of fans traveling there who can talk all day, you know, talk to you off about new Japan and what this means to them. But how many people are going to be like, well, I've heard a lot about them. This is my chance to go see uh, what it's all about. Yeah, I think because um, I don't want to call it a honeymoon period because it's been you know years now that that AW has been around. But uh, you know, I I, uh, I was on with Greg on Wrestling Night in, in America. Um, you had to think and, about you know, that, I, didn't you? Where was Wrestling Night? Was it in America? I, I keep want to say Sunday was it in, in Canada. It for some reason. Was I keep it thinking in that Australia? Sunday is in the title. That's the thing. I keep thinking Sunday. It's in the title. That's why I was. I, I like, have to pause what I'm calling it. I like my joke better, but that that that's fine. That explains. <laughs> I know, I know, but wrestling you know, night that's... in. Oh, where was it again? I I recognize it's because I recognize that's the first time I paused saying that. That's why I, I know. That. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the uh, but I, you know. The, uh, I think people have faith that that they're they're going to book good wrestling. So you know, I I think the people who like AEW just because of the wrestling and could, uh, uh, you know, couldn't care less or could care less about the. Uh, well, I, I we'll talk about that. Oh, later. or could <laughs> uh, about the uh, about the, uh, the the you know the the actual storylines and stuff. Yeah. There are people who, who prefer you know just they just want to see you know good matches. Yeah. Uh, that that you know, that, that fan is going to follow them for that. Um, it, I mean, and it, hopefully if they do their job, right, it's going to be on a W to also interest the people in, uh, the new Japan stars also, particularly the ones that, you know, I mean, it'll be easier with the ones that actually speak the language. Like I said, Zack Sabre Jr. Um, you know, Zack Sabre Jr. Will Ospreay, uh, uh, Oh, Jeff Cobb. Don't want to forget him. Um, you know, those guys can carry the, you know, carry the bulk of the promo and then, you know, uh, go on from there. Plus in chaos, uh, you know, which is Okada's group, you already have some people here like, uh, Rocky Romero. He could be the, he could be the voice for them. Rocky Romero, the best friends for, you know, better or worse, worse. Um, pretty much the only one I think that they won't have someone who could carry a storyline would be, uh, Naito's group. Cause it's only, uh, um, Los Ingobernables de Jabón. They are the, you know, they're they're only Japanese wrestlers, I believe, in that group. Um, so they they would have, you know, not have a mouthpiece, piece, except for the fact that um, Andrade and La, and who when he was La Sombra, uh, Naito is part of that group. Which, uh, speaking of dream matches, way that would that would be another thing. Would be a Naito and and, and Andrade crossing paths. Nice. Um, you know, so that that you know, so so there are ways that you can get build stories around that if that's what they're planning on doing again other option if it's just an, a, a, an exhibition then it'd be more like these are we're going to give you a bunch of good matches with these you know cool wrestlers and and just they're going to sell it down anyway because they're going to be enough people who are going to be interested in watching us go see it is your prediction a sellout or do you think it'll be more like eight or twelve thousand because that's a big arena 
Uh, I, I would I would guess it's a sellout. I mean, yeah. unless something really weird happens. Yeah. Uh, and like, I mean, you know, and AW yeah, can I, sell out in Chicago. I mean, you know, even without New Japan, they can draw yeah. really well in Chicago. So they have a big base who will be happy to get a big show. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I people who are skeptical that it would sell out. It's like, well, even if they subtract New Japan from it and go, we're going back to United Center, they might sell it out. But I don't think it's a guarantee. You know, I mean, I think it's. Yeah. An, I, I say that as it's an accomplishment if they do. You know, that that, yeah. that shouldn't be taken away from them. Yeah, and the other thing is, uh, for the people who are primarily New Japan fans, uh, I believe this would be based on the timing. Um, I'm going to have to double-check when it starts. It's going to be right before the uh, start of the G1. So uh, it, it would kind of be like uh, – cause, yeah, because it's 26th, I believe it starts early July is when the G1 starts, if I remember correctly. Uh, so so it, it's going to be like a gateway to that. So it means it's the last – like the, the a bunch of stories will be coming to an end as the G1 starts. So that that's a possibility there, and I would I'm I'm hoping against hope that we would also while there also get announcements that there'll be some AEW talent that's going to be joining the G1 if the entire field is not full yet, um, and then that could be you know also add motivation where you know you if there are going to be AEW stars that are going to be in the G1 some of the matches will be might be built for that night to to showcase that too. What I'm telling you, two wrestlers from AW are going to be in G1. Which two do you want that announcement to be? If it's just two, I mean, I, I uh, me personally, uh, probably Moxley and Brian would yeah. be my two. I know yeah. Moxley already did it, but yeah. uh, having Moxley on one and uh, one side and uh, and uh, Brian on the other block, uh, Brian probably with Wheeler Yuta as his young as his mm-hmm. uh, young boy yeah. and uh, uh, Moxley with Shooter Umino. Uh, that 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 I. That that's all I need for, for that G one. Now, now if I expand it to four, who are the next two? Uh, Miro and uh, has Gresham officially signed? Yeah, yeah. I'd probably I'd like the idea of Gresham. I like Miro. Uh, I'd stay away from Punk because I don't I don't see Punk as like a G one guy. Me personally, I know some yeah. people would love to see him, but I don't I don't think that's a. Um... How about Cole? What would that do for Cole? Uh, I mean, I don't know, because Cole's a small dude. He'd be most most likely in the um, the uh, best of Super Junior. Um, Shots fired. But yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, Cole Cole would be an interesting. Uh, you you I, just I mean, put Gresham in there. Yeah, Cole, but... Cole's got like seven inches on Gresham. Yeah, you're... <laughs> uh, Jordan Grace might have some words with you. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, nice, he played. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, Cole would be interesting. I'm not, I'm not discounting him, but, you yeah. know, uh, Cole, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd, right. I'd have to think. Because, I mean, honestly, Wade, AEW's roster is so freaking huge right, right now know, yeah. that every now and then, oh, uh, Alistair Black or Malachi Black would be mm-hmm. another one that would be interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so I, 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 as as the show goes on, I'll probably start remembering wrestlers because, <laughs> like I said, their, their roster is just so massive. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for subscribing to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Don't forget, we got a whole lineup of other shows called the PW Torch Daily Casts. It's free. Just search PW Torch in your podcast app. A different show on a different topic throughout the week, including shows dedicated to AEW, NXT, MMA, Ring of Honor, and more. Just search PW Torch in your podcast app or check out links to the latest shows 
at our main website, pwtorch.com. Okay, um, uh, Hinton, uh, back, back to you. Uh, good question and uh, good answer from Javier there. Yeah, and you mentioned Jay White. He takes one of my boxes in that I think he probably could carry a four- to six-week feud, but he doesn't take the other box of he's just not good at introducing himself. He's just too much of a – I don't like these Bullet Club references. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll move on from this. I'm just uh, – I don't well, think like hidden- as a – Hidden, one second, because yeah, uh, that thing that you mentioned about Jay White, uh, Jay White, when he first got pushed, uh, there was pushback. And I think that might be a thing that I, I think he might be one of those wrestlers where he doesn't necessarily make a good at first impression. But as you get to know him and start getting you understand him, you have to you know get him. And once you get him, you start getting more into it, because when he was first pushed at the top, he was kind of weird. And, uh, and and there was a lot of pushback on that. And then eventually, like people who, you know, who, who stayed with him were like, oh, yeah, I, I could see why this guy is a, a cool guy i do think he's a little bit overhyped because you know some some people call him like the best wrestler in the world i'm like okay uh, slow your roll he's in the conversation but you know yeah yeah all right very good Hinton. yeah and, and i don't mind yeah i don't mind eccentricities at least though to the extent that way does as for example i was a bit more <laughs> forgiving of kenny omega i think um but it's just the, the bullet club stuff with just it just there's just way too much baggage an unknown baggage that I think just kind of alienates me a little. And then you combine that with the ROH stuff. It, it brings me from the border of skeptical to cynical. And I really don't want to be cynical. Um, so, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try to remain optimistic about it. If I was in Chicago, I'd love to go for sure. Um, and I do think that, you know, I've watched some Wrestle Kingdom shows. I think there are new Japan talents that have in ring abilities that are a bit more cantonous than, you know, than AEW talent. So, it's not just good matches, it's unique matchups, which is what I would, at least right now, sell this thing on. And yeah. Which is why video packages are a little more essential, right? Um, and uh, speaking of which, uh, brief point to bring up, the Owen Hart uh, qualifier, we've got Dax Harwood versus uh, Cash Wheeler, which was announced, which was sandwiched among 72 <laughs> other announcements. <laughs> and c- considering, <sighs> considering the month these guys have had, the month, and, you know, I haven't watched all their matches this month, but I get the vibe that they're on to something special. Shouldn't that have been treated better? Yes. Yeah. I mean, but but this is a company that had a world title match on free cable, or if that's a contradiction, whatever. Taz called it free TV. Um, uh, On Rampage. And they didn't, they mentioned, Excalibur mentioned it briefly once in passing at the end of the opening tag match. And they didn't mention it again until Mark Henry interviewed the two guys at 40 minutes into the show. Like, it was just it was just jaw-dropping. Like, it, it's not, like, even a TNT title match, I would be like, what are they thinking? But they didn't. And, and even on Dynamite two days earlier, it was barely mentioned. Like, they don't, they don't elevate things. They present things. Here, here's what we're doing. And Excalibur will tell you very quickly. And then you're just expected to memorize it. Like, you need a whiteboard, and you're supposed to take notes on this and enter it in Google Calendar so you get an alarm. Like, they rely on you to be refreshing the Twitter feed. They're not going to tell you what's important. They're just going to throw one thing after another after another after another, and it makes for an exhilarating viewing experience. But it's not good business. It doesn't lead to popping ratings when you don't elevate something like WWE elevates Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. And I'm not against more of an ensemble approach than WWE's, for sure. But you got to protect your world title. And if you give a world title match away, you got to do that. And to a lesser degree, but it's not off point, 
you got to make it a bigger deal when Dax and Cash are wrestling each other. Like, it's just, yeah. I, I really think it would be good for them to just take a deep breath, step back, and go, all right, are, are we doing the, are we overwhelming people and, and leveling out things that shouldn't be leveled out? There have to be some things that are more important than others in the way that, that we emphasize them. And I just think they're, they're weak in that area right now. Javier, do you, do you notice that? Yeah, yeah, uh, that was uh, one of the topics that uh, I, I covered with Greg was is that every single segment is a 15-minute segment, and they're all given the same amount of weight. Um, you know, because, uh, for example, like today, the, uh, Vene- you know, um, oh, what's her name? Vanessa Bourne. Uh, what's her? Uh, Dana Kamala. Uh, she, you know, th- that, f- that you know, I, I know it was because Britt Baker coming back, but that felt just about as important as anything else that was on the show, the way that it was framed. So when it was just a essentially glorified squash match for Brit to, to win and cut her promo afterwards. And that's one of the things that, you know, I, I keep bringing up about, you know, why Hangman page doesn't feel as high, as hot as he should is because, you know, they don't talk about him as much. He should be, if not opening the show in terms of like, you know, him cutting a promo or anything, show him coming into coming into the door, talk about him, mentioning him throughout the show. Uh, Kenny Omega felt important because they did that. You know, Kenny Omega would appear at other parts in the show that wasn't just his 15 minute allotted segment. Not enough, I don't think. But, you know, and, and that's the thing. And that that's why, you know, you need to choose what's important in every single show. Your one, two, maybe three talking points that you want people to remember at the end of the night, and the other stuff just you know let it let let it be as uh, you know as as it's going to you know just let let it happen. Uh, and because uh, I, I think was it um, was it Vince McMahon who said that you know you you want everybody to come out come out thinking about one or two things per show. That, that, uh, you, you Kevin know. Dunn said allegedly two and a half things. Every show, there should be two things that absolutely everybody knows is the most important thing that happened on the show, and there should be one other thing in the back of their mind that's that's developing, that is is not quite ripe yet. And yeah. AW has twenty four things that all are equal, and yeah. it just yeah. All right, hitting. Yeah, I just don't get the sense that Hangman Page even lobbies as much for himself backstage. You listen to this guy on like Renee Young's podcast, yeah, like he's probably done with his segment, then he's probably drinking with dark order or something he's like the nicest guy in the world almost too nice he's probably not going to be like you know steve austin was which you know was to the detriment of his personal life but i think there's a bit of a middle ground that's that's needed between going home and you know coming up with t-shirt ideas and not even giving your wife any attention to you know at least just kind of being more involved with the show's production and thinking about how you can come across better but i want to i want to uh, pivot to uh, the the Blackpool Combat Club. I've noticed this on Rampage last week as well as this week. Uh, Yuta and Danielson are coming out from separate entrances. And uh, initially, when we were talking about this faction, where we were like, let's give it a few weeks now. I mean, it's been a few weeks. They're still coming out of separate entrances, but they still beat a pretty, you know, uh, uh, Dante Martin was actually super popular not too long ago, right? And they really beat him down. Um, this week, and uh, what else do I have here? Um, so, so I'm not sure what to make of them, and uh, do you think that, you know, they, they've also alluded to Lee Moriarty, um, do you reckon there's room for someone like him in this faction, or is it, or is his style a little too different? And uh, Darius Martin, I think, was uh, conspicuous by his absence, not teaming with his brother uh, this week. Um, Javier, uh, go ahead and take any of that. 
Uh, I think that the it, it's funny when you mention uh, Dante Martin. Uh, I saw a meme on Twitter, which was a, a kid who was uh, had like a bunch of apples. He had taken a bite out of each one, and each one they they had put a the name of one of the wrestlers on there. Uh, you know, you had Miro, and then Aleister Black, and then the kid's Tony Khan. Like he takes you know, and Samoa Joe in his mouth. Like he he gets interested in one guy, and you see a lot of them, <laughs> and then he kind of like all of a sudden they're gone. Wow, wow. Uh, that's that's a good graphic <laughs> representation of tony khan's booking yeah yeah so uh you know so, so that that's kind of what i what it felt like with, with the exception of uh, brock anderson because you know he has really been on you know but billy moriarty had gotten a little bit of a push dante martin uh and yeah and then you know having them show up uh, it in terms of like what i think they're going to do i i don't know if they're going to essentially uh, really put them together now because I've got the feeling that the idea behind them right now is to use them as a uh, linchpin for a trios title if they finally end up uh, putting those in. Uh, that's probably my my, my most because uh, you know Tony Khan needs an announcement every week or every other week, so I'm pretty sure that we'll you know one of these weeks we're going to get the the announcement of a of a trios title likely, and uh, it just like they put together um, Kenny Omega and Hamman Page and gave them the titles despite you having all these other tag teams at the time. Uh, I think they might end up doing that. So, you know, in order to give some uh, weight to a trios title, if they do give it to those guys and then maybe add people afterwards uh, to that group. Yeah, there's a little bit of an adrenaline junkie pace to Tony Khan's uh, booking of new acquisitions and big announcements and uh, acquiring brands or, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. Um, yeah. It, it seems to be accelerating. Uh, maybe it's just my perception, but I mean, you know, we're just we're still reeling from like an ROH title being defended on a Battle of the Belts with a world title challenger who had never appeared or been mentioned on AWTV before, and we get the quick, quick little bio um, in a in a match, and we're still like trying to deal with everything going on between ROH and AEW, and now New Japan um, gets added to the mix, and we already had Impact. Um, and you know, little GCW. So yeah, it's just, it's weird. It, it feels a little, I mean, I'm not saying it's not going to work pretty well, um, but it feels just a little out of control. <laughs> There's just a lot happening um, and a lack of just, yeah, that, that focus. Um, but some people are, you know, some people love it, but you know, I, I look at it through the lens of not just what, what what's fun to watch, but what makes them, what's the most efficient use of everything that you have and what are glaringly inefficient uses of a lot of what you have, and that bite out of each apple thing is is, is pretty is a pretty interesting visual representation of things. We invite you to email the show with feedback or questions or comments. That email address is Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. That's Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. I also welcome your feedback on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at pwtorch and follow me at the Wade Keller. That's at pwtorch. And at the Wade Keller. Uh, hit, uh, back to you. My final point today is regarding the the main event. Um, the Darby Allen's not really doing anything wrong per se, at least in terms of performance. Um, crowd energy in his matches are a little down, which is understandable. He's sort of been been phased away, but uh, I, I, w- I wasn't a fan of some of the 
I think there's a one unprotected chair shot he took at the at the near the turnbuckle, which I'm like, yeah, and then they showed a replay of him. I'm like, eh, you probably don't want to be doing that. Um, and uh, Sting's dive, which okay, you know, the, the the Sting thing is fun for now, but I wonder if AEW's built in sort of an off ramp for themselves in that when does this stop? Because Hogan and Flair wrestled until I think one of them dislocated their hips in the ring. Um, so do they have enough foresight to, you know, to be able to tell Sting, okay, two years from now, three years from now, before you get into an accident and then you're forced to stop, we need to, we need to kind of talk to you and say, listen, this, this tour has gone on long enough. The crowd's not really popping as much as it used to for your act anymore. You know, now we've got a, rain it in a little what do you guys think um yeah i mean part of the issue is does anyone end up feeling like really special after they're around for a couple of months um and you know sting was just kind of there every week and there's some value in that i think early with aw but they're all i think we're kind of at a point where you know Sting being gone and then a big announcement for him showing up and it becomes the focus of the show and they build around it and they mention it more than just once in passing uh, before it happens might be a, a, a better use of Sting right now. Over, I think that would mean more over the next 12 months if Sting appeared, you know, on, you know, two different storylines for six weeks at a time as opposed to just sort of coming and going randomly whenever Darby's doing something. Javier. Well, it's weird because it, it with the storyline, I'm like, I, I, I am having a hard time remembering how we got to this coffin match. You know, I don't remember the steps that we took to get here. And I think that's because like the storyline probably happened like a couple weeks ago. And there's so much stuff going on in AEW that I forgot yeah. this was going on. Uh, I'll also reference the Serena Deeb, um, uh, uh, Sheeta upcoming uh, Philadelphia street fight where, you know, it should feel hotter than it is be- because of, you know, how hot it was when the feud first started. I know that uh, Sheeta went to Japan, I believe, to do some stuff over there. And they basically sold it as she, you know, had been hurt by, by Deeb. And, you know, she comes back now and it feels should be hotter. It was the same thing with this match with Darby Allen. Um, in terms of, you know, so like seeing Sting again, it felt like I haven't, I know it's not true, but it felt like I haven't seen Sting in like a couple of weeks now. Um, yeah, and it's, and and I agree in terms of this time in the um, uh, st- you know, staying basically jumping off the balcony while while cool, and it looked like he was like super protected. It was like, you know, the 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 people catching him were like, we're going to catch Sting. He's a natural tr- national treasure. And we're not going to let him get hurt. <laughs> um, you know, uh, you know. So I, I, you know, but like I don't know, the, the match felt weird to me. I was not a big fan of that 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 uh, that that final match. And, you know, I, I ripped on the popcorn table that Warlow knocked over a few weeks back when he walked into the arena. And, like, they had the most fake-ass-looking table with bags of popcorn evenly <laughs> spaced. No way to pay. It was just a folding table. And it's just like, it's so dumb. It's so Bush League. And I know some people want to look past that and go, but, 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 look at how cool this is and that is. But it's like, some of the detail work with AAW right now, it's just minor league. And... The coincidence, and maybe I missed something, but they just happened to brawl right where Sting was standing with a sign. 
and they just happened to decide to rip up the sign to antagonize Sting, and then the reveal, like, it's just, it, is, is there is there anything to explain how that how that just happened to happen, Javier? Uh, Sting is a little bit magic. Uh, yeah. it, it that spot happened a lot in WCW, so it was just going back to that spot because and in WCW they they pretty he was pretty much magic. Uh, so I I'm uh, I'm fine with that. I'm less fine with the actual balcony spot because that balcony spot happened in Revolution and this felt more like people pop for that. So let's do it again when it wasn't necessary. I I think that was more of a it, you know, so so that entire section after after the reveal and they got to the uh, to 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 the spot, it felt like oh we're gonna it felt more like the instead of feeling like the fight naturally went to that spot, it felt like okay we're gonna get go to the spot so yeah. we get ready for the balcony jump. Uh, so and, and that's because that exact same thing happened at Revolution and it, you know so it's like you know now you're repeating the spots and it, and it's becoming a signature as opposed to like something you see like oh wow this is cool the first time we saw it you know just seeing it again is gonna like eh, not not special because the second time we've seen it in like really short order. I'm not particularly convinced or swayed by well Sting is magic. I, I don't think most people sitting at home. <laughs> are going, that didn't feel contrived at all. Like, every, I mean, uh, AW, there's people watching who are rolling their eyes at that. Like, why, the wrestlers just happened to brawl, right? Where, how did Sting know to just stand there like that, in that spot of all the options where wrestlers might have brawled or not brawled? I, I, I just think that's an, that there's a lot of people rolling their eyes at that stuff. And, you know, WWE's guilty of this stuff too, you know, but it's not just, you know, pick, but come on. There's ways, sometimes it, it's just not worth it. You know what? What's the saying? The blank isn't worth a blank. Um, I can't think of the the, the saying, but um, it's just not worth it. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah. There's just other other ways you can introduce Sting into the match than the best defense is magic. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm, right. I'm not. I'm just saying that that's I think what they're going for. That, yes. that. <laughs> I know. I know. But come on, come on, AEW. All right, because uh, eight. You know, Tony Khan didn't want invisible cameras. He, there, anytime a camera goes into a locker room, he has a wrestler like saying, you know, Moxley, hey, follow me in here. Or MJF, you know, follow us in here. Like, he, there's no dash cams. Well, there was one with Santana Ortiz, and I asked Tony about it. He texted me and explained it and then never did it again because his explanation wasn't good. <laughs> I had a counter argument to his explanation, which is, uh, well, anyway. Um, and he's never done that again. But, like, this isn't, this isn't better. Like, this, it, is, it, this is dash cam crap. Like to, just, to be fair, with to yeah. be fair, with it did cross my mind. Normally, I wouldn't care about it. Yeah. It's not doesn't it doesn't it doesn't like hit me as it hit you. In this case, it did because this was like deep in the audience, yeah. you know. Because like if this spot had happened like at ringside, I'm it, that would be fine because it'd be like a you know it, it's more obvious that that okay he came to to the you know the immediate ringside right because likely he's gonna be someone's gonna be wrestling in that area that they're gonna wrestle in that area. But the fact that they went, it, this happened in the corner of the audience, and it was like, you know, at that point, it was less likely that that this brawl would have, uh, you know, happened in this location, particularly since Darby was the one tossed in that direction. <laughs> yes, and not Darby didn't Darby lure them. Exactly. Yes. So if it were Darby luring, that would be another, that'd be a that, different and, story. And that's, yeah. and that's the thing, Javier, is you, there, you can make this better with just an extra minute of discussion. Yeah. You just you just talk about it. Like, okay, it, someone has to go, wait, what's the logic in them, the heels throwing Darby right where Sting is standing? And someone goes, hey, instead, let's have Darby leap over the railing and say, come on, come get me. 
and the heels come get him. And then Sting holding up the sign is kind of in their face a little bit, you know, like pretty obnoxious. But it's Darby who lured them into that situation. That works. I had the same problem with that MJF last week when he leaned on the ringside barricade. He leaned backwards in a pose. He never he never does that. But he leaned back against the, the barricade. And then Warlow happened to be right behind him dressed as security. I'm like, how did Warlow know to stand right there? And what are the odds MJF would do something he doesn't do, which is lean with his back exposed to the crowd in that corner? All MJF had, all all that had to happen is the security guy could have just gotten MJF's attention, and MJF in a fit just went and got in his face, and and you know, like there's a way, there's a way to do it, and you might think, well, it isn't worth it, and I'm like, well, it is worth it because it's easy to do, and it's always better to have something seem believable than completely unbelievable. I, I just, you know, wrestling it, you want people to be immersed and not have these, you know, happy coincidences. It just, it's it, it it's bad in movies, it's bad in TV shows, it's bad in books, book book uh you know publishers reject books that have happy coincidences because it's it's not good writing and aw does it too much and they, they just need quality control all right um hinton back to you for any final comments i think jsx machina might be the word for it um instead of i, I don't think it's magic so much because the only instance aw did magic was with matt hardy the teleporting and the minute brian alvarez finger wagged them i think i don't think they ever did that again so uh but, but i think the coincidence stuff is uh stuff that's happened in the Attitude Era as well. So I'm, so I'm kind of uh, a little bit more forgiving of of that just in terms of, you know, theatrics. It's still... The, my, my limit to, to logic, my nitpicking doesn't quite extend that far, I don't think. Um, I, 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 resent, I resent calling it nitpicking. I think it's asking for an extra minute of thought to make something easily, exponentially better than narrative-shattering and stupid. And that's not nitpicking. I, I, I seriously, I strongly disagree that that's nitpicking. I think it's a, an issue in wrestling that is sloppy, lazy, and amateur. And that does not, that those three things don't apply to nitpicking. Nitpicking is, is no, 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 something uh, completely course. different. Yeah. Of, of, of course. And I, and I think, uh, I think you have a right to, to say that it's just, I would rephrase it instead of nitpicking. I would say top three things that I would complain about in terms of what, shatters my my investment in my uh verisimilitude i don't think that that <laughs> reaches the top three I, I guess i can phrase it in that context oh sure no i associate those moments with yeah because i associate those moments with better days including with you know, people like stone cold the rock etc um so just a little bit more forgiving of it but uh that was a good conversation i think yeah. i've been on a while so i'll, Thanks, I'll have to clear the other callers now thanks for chatting with me Thanks, Hinton. Good, good. Uh, good to talk to you. I saw your name right, yep. right up. Um, by the way, there were a lot of things, and I say this, and it doesn't make me popular in some circles. There are a lot of really dumb things that were done in the Attitude Era that happened to coincide with drawing a lot of money. But they drew a lot of money despite it, not because of it. And our fondness, as we look back at that wonderful, wonderfully successful era, has to be... Uh, we have to temper how much of that should be repeated or how much of that they simply got away with because they had Mick Foley, DX, Holland Nash and Waltman at their peak, and of course Stone Cold and The Rock and Mr. McMahon. Like those things just camouflage a lot of sloppiness and weakness and really dumb things that were done on those TV shows. Um, and when you don't have that talent, you got to be tighter with what you do. Um, you know, or or you're you're, you know, you're making Mistakes it doesn't have to be top three to still not be worth fixing or not not be worth mentioning. 
Thanks for downloading today's show. Take it to the next level with a VIP membership. Get shows like this, the Wade Keller Pro Sync Podcast, Wade Keller Pro Sync Post Show, and the PW Torch Daily Casts on our PW Torch VIP podcast feed with ads and plugs removed from the shows for a streamlined listening experience. And also hear the VIP exclusive shows that I host with Rich Fan and Todd Martin. Everything with Rich Fan and The Fix with Todd Martin's signature VIP series that you're missing out without a VIP membership. So go VIP here in 2022 and enjoy all the benefits all the bonus content, and the ad-free listening experience. pwtorch.com slash govip. Anyway, so I, w- I want to take a... Uh, I saw an email come in, and it was uh, positive uh, about the show. And I, I want to go to that. Um, at least I think it is based on the um, opening sentence. This is Zach in Texas. He says, uh, gentlemen, what an excellent night of pro wrestling. Dustin Rhodes is way better than he has any business being at 53. Agree with that. I've been touting and pushing for Dustin to get more um, more TV time. I think he's a compelling character, still good in the ring, and that promo on Rampage deserved to be seen by the million people who watched this match instead of the 400-some thousand who watched Rampage. Um, that match with CM Punk was a clinic. The Blackpool Combat Club continues to rule so hard. William Regal on commentary during their matches is such a treat. Totally agree with that. Regal is awesome. Uh, Jungle Boy and Kyle O'Reilly had another great wrestling match. I'm very glad that Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti have learned, have leaned into being a heel, but I never imagined Dan Lambert would be turned de facto face. <laughs> yep. It worked, though. Oh, my God. The, what was the line about you've turned into douchebag high schoolers who can't keep your tongues out of each other's mouths? I mean, how, I swear there had to be spit takes and huge pops in living rooms all over the country. <laughs> um, he's so right. His big joke wasn't over, the, wasn't over the line, and the crowd popped. This could be very interesting. Sting dressing as a Sting fan will always pop me, but not as Sting doing New Jack dives onto people. So that touches on our last conversation. Uh, that man is drinking from a fountain of youth only he and Dustin know about. When I saw the thumbtacks on the inside of the lid, I fully expected a repeat of last summer when Darby Coffin dropped the coffin with Ethan Page inside. So I was pleasantly surprised that didn't happen. I'm glad he closed the lid on that feud, literally and figuratively speaking. Um, so yeah, Javier, uh, he brings up, Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti. Um, I, I'm still not sure if they're fully okay with admitting that they're obnoxious douchebags, as Dan Lambert roughly put it. Because um, Sammy's like, I will always work hard for you people, all that sappy crap. And and like, I'll always work hard for you. How about you just try to win your matches instead of wink at the camera before you do a high spot? Um and and so it seemed like I, I'm still not sure he's not going, well, I've, we've got our fans and we have our haters. Um, or was that totally sarcastic when he said, I will always work hard for you? Was he almost making fun of his former character, his former self, and it is just full on heel? What was your interpretation of that? Did you see what he was wearing? I think that was full on heel at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, it's, uh, I think they're still stringing some people along. You know, uh, uh, so uh, I and I think they're having fun with that. But, you know, I, I they're if it, it, it felt that way on um, Battle of the was a Battle of the Belts. Yeah. Uh, it was watching, yeah. Uh, where, you know, at the end of that match, he won with a low blow and stuff like that. And it 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 feels like they're it was fight, <laughs> but Tony Schiavone said right afterwards, he's fighting fire with fire because of the eye poke. Yeah, we. I was. I did not have the audio on because I was on with Greg. So. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I mean, so yeah, you I got mean, you got Kavar doing a heel move, and then you have Shivani going, "Well, it was totally justified because it was just in response." <laughs> like what? 
I really wish Tony would actually stop that. I, I mean, know. He's not supposed to be the one. Tony is such a nice guy. He's not the one who should be calling, who should be giving the uh, the the uh, the heels the benefit of the doubt. No. Or sorry, heelish moves the benefit or of the justifi- doubt. So, yeah, justifying them. Or yeah. Both yeah, sizing so, it. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah. Well, but, oh, but, but, so, but here in defense of Tony, he was right. They ought to not yeah, book no. a finish like that. They ought yeah. to book a finish where it's clear who the heel is instead of giving fans a chance to sort of, you know, kind of project the blame or the, the shame on who they want based on who they personally like. Like, it shouldn't be left up to the fans to make these 50-50 calls on whether they like someone or not. Like, you, you sh- someone should be likable or unlikable the vast majority of the time in pro wrestling. And that's not happening. It's, it's just muddy. It's, mu- it's needlessly muddied. Yeah, the, the the big tells for me were the obnoxious making out and the um, <laughs> yes, and him saying you're just angry because my girlfriend's hotter than you. So. Yeah, oh totally. <laughs> but <laughs> that, but I mean, that could play too. But like you said, maybe he's kind of stringing some people along, and I wonder if there's not a little bit of hope. Like he's maybe hoping he could, like kind of <laughs> the whole Cody thing all over again. Maybe if I rip on the people who are booing us by saying they have ugly girlfriends, maybe the people cheering us will not only keep cheering us, but will win over some people who think, well, if I boo Sammy, then I'm admitting my girlfriend's well, ugly? If, 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 there, if there are people who are still cheering him, uh, I, I'm, these are not people I want to hang out with. Yeah, <laughs> so. I know, I know. Good point. Good point. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm amazed that I'm like, I'm, I, I, I mean, after his reaction when he, they were down here in Miami and the, Lam- and the, and, and the, the nuclear heat that Lambert got, and yeah. and for him to be like a baby face and Ethan Page with his <laughs> you know, he was amazing during that. His fire Oh, he's good. He's like I'm I'm like I'm ready to see whatever the hell he's gonna do next. I just I get but I think it's unfortunate because do you think it's good that Lambert is a de facto babyface? Do you think it's good that Ethan Page is cutting this heel promo that's actually now a babyface promo? I mean, well, it's his thing was when yeah. he when he because uh, I think it was the promo where he talked about his kid, and I think that's like yeah. um, that that promos would turn him face. Yeah, you know, and, and, and Sammy and, going, I don't give a shit about yeah. your daughter, like your little and they repeat two, three that. year old who's trying to get a good night's sleep. Like it's they, re- they repeated it there with uh with you know I don't care about your dead your your dead grandpa. Dead grandpa, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like you know I'm, I'm I'm beginning to enjoy it now because it's just like so vile and disgusting the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, it's I, I'm I'm interested to see where where it's going, and then like and there was also the um, the, uh, the the good um, back and forth that him and Kazarian had where they they um, acknowledged their history and stuff, uh, and just like the way that he's carrying himself, it, he it, it, they felt like it, it's it's a full blown like babyface turn for them. It's just weird that they have Lambert. Lambert is sort of he's he's cutting face, you know, he's 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 cutting face promos, but he's still kind of like. He kind of feels like he's still a heel, sort of. But yeah. I think that's just because of Dan Lambert and not, not because he's trying to. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Now you can subscribe to our VIP podcast lineup within the Apple Podcast app using your Apple account. That's new as of March 2022. Just search PW Torch in your Apple Podcast app and you'll see the PW Torch Daily Cast logo show up. That's our free show that's been around forever. And also the PW Torch VIP Podcast logo. There is a free show every week, so subscribe even if you don't plan to go VIP and get a sample of our VIP tier programming. But if you click subscribe, then you'll become a VIP member instantly with a three-day free trial, after which your Apple account will be charged. So you don't need to take out your credit card, debit card, or go anywhere else. If you listen to our free shows on Apple Podcasts, you are five seconds away from being a VIP member 
with a three-day free trial. So we invite you to check it out. That includes dozens of VIP shows throughout the week, including VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows and podcasts and daily casts. All those episodes are presented to VIP members with ads and plugs removed, along with VIP exclusives like our post-pay-per-view roundtables, the Wade Keller Hotline, The Fix with Todd and Wade, Everything with Rich and Wade, and many other VIP exclusive shows. Just search PW Torch within the Apple Podcasts app. Um, let me see what else uh, 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 Zach brought up in the email if we haven't covered it. Black. Uh, okay, one thing. I'm not into this tunnel thing either. Like, I, I just, I want one entrance. I don't want heel and face th- entrances. Like, I, like, I'm for heels and baby faces, but, like, you don't want it to be that regimented, that, like, literal, that there, you, you declare yourself based on the tunnel you walk through. And there's like this, the announcers don't really talk about it, but it's sort of like, oh, did you notice? And I don't know. I just, I think it's too cute by half. I think heels should be heels based on not, they they declare, bef- you know, walking through the tunnel that they're heel. They should be heel because of how they act, how they conduct themselves. Um, the fans rejecting their personality, not proudly or via assignment walking through a certain entrance tunnel. I would, I would not approve that if I were designing a new wrestling set. Um, and, and that has to do with the whole Black Blackpool Combat Club and Wheeler, you know, coming out one and Brian through the other. It's like, if you have to tell a story based on that, like, that, that's not good storytelling. You know, oh, Brian went through the hill one and Yuta through the babyface one. What does that mean? And they, they don't even talk about it or own it. Anyway. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, I'm not so. I don't mind the. Uh, actually, not, don't mind the uh, the the two and uh, uh, you know exes because it kind of makes sense that you don't want the two wrestlers. You know, in my mind, you don't want the two wrestlers about to wrestle each other. Like, you know, congregating backstage. Uh, you know, I'm fine with that. I I, I would be fine if they just switch it up back and you know. Oh, sw- switch I'm it. totally fine with that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and 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 I mean, it would make sense that I mean, it, to me, it kind of makes sense because, like, if you, if you pictured as two two different locker rooms that you're taking, you know, the the it, it would make sense that the heels would congregate with the heels and the baby faces congregate with the baby faces. Although I, this is not the NBA, there isn't two locker rooms where there's half the people <laughs> and one half the other. I, you know, when you're backstage at yeah. these arenas, there's there's twenty locker rooms. You know, there's there's a, this clique of women. There's Cody with his open door and Brandy with their gifts for all the commoners. There's the um, the rookie locker room. There's the CM Punk locker room. There's Darby's locker room. There's Kenny Omega and the Bucks in their locker room. There's CM Punk hanging out with like like so. There isn't just two locker rooms. And anyway, I mean, I'm being more literal than you, but like, yeah, there, you don't. It's not like everybody, you just broke the illusion, Wade. Come yes, on, yes, <laughs> yes. But the thing is, is this the star? And I wrote about this uh, and talked about this. The, the stars, some of them have it. Brian Danielson turned down getting his own locker room when he signed. You know, he was offered one. He turned it down. Um, Kenny and the Bucks have their own. CM Punk has his own. Um, so, you know, it just Cody had his own. But he, you know, had a bunch of young people who worshipped him, hanging out with him. Um, you know, so, yeah. But nevertheless, there are the, I know I'm shattering an illusion. Yeah. But they, they don't really talk. Do they even talk about heel locker rooms and face locker rooms? Like No, no. I mean, the only the only time it actually, well, not not locker not locker rooms, but as far as the heel entrance and exit, the only time they really brought it up was, was with Cody. So that's why I kind of like dis- disregard that. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, Cody obviously was playing with the idea of like, he's the one who really, uh, I, I mean, like, if you're not 
if you're paying attention, you'll notice that the heels all come out of one side and the baby faces all come out of the other. Yeah. If you're paying close attention, they never really under un- underlined that until Cody made it a thing. That's when it really I, became obvious. I think. Yeah. And you no, know, totally. Um, it's like when, when Dolph Ziggler wore hashtag heel on his trunks, it's like, no, yeah. you don't actually declare yourself that because bad guys don't think they're bad guys. They yeah. just are. Except they MGF. Are. Except for MGF. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> and, and that's sometimes the exception proves the rule or the exception, yeah. you know, the exception works because it isn't the standard. Yeah. Um, all right. So we are live streaming here on the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. Javier Machado is my co-host. If you're just joining us uh, midstream here, literally. Um, so, uh, thanks. Thanks for tuning in. We, uh, welcome your phone calls. If you're listening to this conversation live and you want to, uh, yell at us or cheer us or add a different point or give your point of view, you are invited to do so. 347-215-8558. That's 347-215-8558. Tell your friends on, on social media about us too. Let us, let them know how they can find us and, uh, and subscribe and download. Uh, we'd love to, uh, to have your recommendation lead to new listeners and new callers. We, we say this a lot. Uh, I say this semi-regularly. We'd love to hear from more of our female listeners, Ashley, Lindsay. They're so, we, we, every now and then we hear from some of them. Um, and I say, call again, call again. And, and they, don't, uh, they don't call, they don't push one. Um, but we'd love to get uh, a diverse mix of, uh, of, of perspectives and voices, um, including uh, more female callers. So um, consider that a call to action. Um, let's, uh, oh, and our email address, wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. If you want to contribute that way, you got some good emails coming up. But first, uh, or up next, we'll go to Brian in Boston. We're about to go to a commercial break. Why listen to commercial breaks when you can go VIP and experience our shows with the ads and plugs removed? PWTorch.com slash go VIP. That's PWTorch.com slash go VIP for full details. Or go to Patreon. Patreon.com slash PWTorch VIP. Rates start as low as $4.99 to remove the ads and plugs through Patreon. Full VIP membership starts at $9.99. Treat yourself to a streamlined, ad-and-plug-free listening experience with a VIP or Patreon membership. Wrestling fans, are you that person that works in a pro wrestling reference to every aspect of your life? Well, we're those kind of people too, but we do so with mixed martial arts. I'm Robert Vallejos, host of MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, every Monday on PW Torch's Daily Cast lineup. Not only do we cover every UFC and Bellator event, we provide context that only a wrestling fan would really understand. I mean, we're the type of people that if you ask us about how much of a mess the middleweight title situation is, we're likely to reference WCW in the early 90s. Think of us as a podcast for casual MMA fans done by hardcore wrestling nerds. And you can find us by searching PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or any popular podcast app. And we're always available on demand at PWTorchDailyCast.com where you can check out the entire lineup of the PW Torch Daily Cast. Thanks for holding. Uh, what's on your mind tonight about Dynamite? Uh, just enjoying the St. Louis Cardinals off to a 7-3 and three start, so that's always good. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, I thought 
thought Dynamite was pretty solid. I mean, it didn't like wow my socks off or anything, but you know, it wasn't a good solid show like it usually is. I I did kind of think it was a smart move to have uh, Adam Cole and Jay White kind of interrupt Tony Khan's announcement because we remember what happened the last time he was on live TV. It wasn't terribly good, so I think that was a good call to do that. I love I love Tony on television, but. I mean, yeah, <laughs> he's, 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 he's a character. He's, um, he's different, you know? I mean, he just, his, his, his enthusiasm and sort of a little bit of kind of the awkwardness of his body language, but the just completely like, it's not about not being self-aware. It's about, I don't care. I, I, I'm yeah. like, it's just, I don't care. I'm just, I'm living, I'm living my best life and I'm giving you the wrestling that I love and I hope you love it too. And I'm excited. I mean, there's just such genuine palpable enthusiasm and anytime that he's on camera or off camera in front of fans. Like I still remember at, at, uh, um, at a full gear weekend and you know, he came out, I think it was on the Friday rampage taping if I remember right. And he came out in like, he was like talked and then he waved to the, it was, I think it was after rampage. Um, and he talked and then he was waving at the fans in the ring. Then he jumped to ringside and he just stood there and waved at the fans and smiled like, hi, Hey, hi. And then he like started walking up, up down the aisle and up the ramp and he stopped and waved. And it's like, yay. Hey everybody. And he's like, he's waving everybody cheering him. And they're like, this is going on for like 90 seconds. And then he gets like to the tunnel and you think it's over. Then he turned around and ran back to the center of the stage and waved and jumped up and down more. Like he's just loving what he's doing. And it's, it's fun to just see somebody who's not, like in a shell or self-conscious or trying to put on, you know, I'm super cool and I'm an executive. So, um, or, or what? Or, or someone who's a ter- or someone who who's a terrible person like Vince McMahon, kind of like that. Well, yeah, I mean, I think people at this point think Tony's a pretty <laughs> good dude. You know, I I think he has that going for yeah, him, I and I hope he I hope he you know, it doesn't let people down, uh, over time. Uh, but really I think so far so good on that account. It, not, not a flawless public figure by any means. Some of his social media interaction, um, you know, can seem petulant or petty sometimes or reactionary or knee jerk in a way that, you know, I'm sure his PR people are like, no, Tony, talk to us first, please. Um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, but you're, you're right. I mean, there, you know, I, I thought, you know, Adam Cole magically appearing on the screen when Tony Khan should be in, you know, in charge of the people who are in charge of who goes on the big screen. It felt kind of ballsy of someone to authorize that. I would have rather had Cole come out onto the stage and, you know, like physically be a present that interrupted presence like Jay White. Um, but, you know, it, it, it was a show with just too many happy coincidences for, for my taste, as, as is quite clear in the hour plus I've complained about it. Anyway, go ahead, Brian. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think Khan kind of recognizes that uh, he gets a little hyper on TV, and I think that's probably why he had the uh, Adam Cole Jay White thing. But you know, I, I think I think he'd probably do himself a world of good. I mean, if he wants to talk on TV or something, just use his regular interview voice. You know, he doesn't need to get like why uh, would you say like that? over? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, 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 for... I mean, he comes across. Go, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. He comes across in his, he comes across in his interviews very well. I just yeah. think if he used that kind of voice, I think he would be fine. He does kind of force the go to roll, you know, kind of deep voice. I'm going to make up for <laughs> up for it. But I mean, he's just he's rambunctious and just you know he leans into it body language yeah. wise. So yeah, he can, he doesn't have to do the deep voice. I don't you know thing because it doesn't feel. I think what what Tony has going for him. This is my point is authenticity. 
you know, there's just an authenticity to who he is and he seems personable. He seems like an everyman, um, you know, regardless of, of his family's net worth. Um, he seems like a just exuberant, rambunctious pro wrestling fan and that nobody in the audience thinks that they're a bigger fan than he is of pro wrestling. And there's value in that. You know, it's the opposite of Stephanie McMahon who yeah. comes across very patronizing and put on when she, you know, <laughs> talks about fans. So, I mean, I'm not you know, breaking news or stating something controversial, although I think she's unself-aware of how yeah. patronizing and tra- transparently patronizing she is as she looks down at the peons who, who waste their time with wrestling, but she's glad they do because it makes her rich. Um, you know, Tony is the opposite of that. So he has that going for him. So yeah, just, just you know, lean in on that. Anyway, go ahead, Brian. Plus, plus uh, Khan actually listens to the fans and gives them what they want, unlike the McMahon family who could give us the damn. Because, I mean... Perfect example. Uh, he acknowledged what went wrong with Satin and Singh uh, with the uh, well, not with Singh personally, but with uh, the way that was handled last week's Dynamite. And on Rampage, they uh, they actually handled it pretty well. I think that's actually the way they should have debuted him. But uh, yeah. you know, when I saw the promo tonight with uh, Joe and uh, Singh and uh, Dutt and lethal I'm surprised i remember all four of the names but uh that was a pretty solid video package and they had the subtitles for when he was speaking punjab or hindi or whatever language it was so um you know he he adapts in stride as it goes so there's there's a lot of value in that but uh i i know wb's anyway, had a, a thir- i know wb's had a, a 35 or 50 year head start however you want to do the math on this our six year head start on AEW. So I, I say, I preface my comment on that. But when people say Vince McMahon doesn't give the fans what they want, you know, on Friday nights, four times as many people are watching SmackDown as watch Rampage. Um, SmackDown is the lead in for Rampage. And Rampage, in, you know, wrestling fans should be aware that that show exists. And it's not a three hour SmackDown, it's only two. Um, and over 75% of people who watch SmackDown are choosing to not then flip the channel to watch Rampage. Um, so as much as Tony is giving fans yeah, what they want, I well, yeah, so it's my most fair, total, fair enough. Um, my point on that is Vince McMahon is giving a lot of people what they want. And I'm, I'm you know, like, it's, there are, the, the, he had huge crowds, two nights in a row for WrestleMania. They have by far the most watched shows uh, that are promising shows on cable. Um, it didn't take WCW three years to beat WWF in the ratings. Um, and AW's had, you know, a couple years here to beat WWE in the ratings and they're not. So, and you know, I, I did a cover story, uh, on the, in the processing torch newsletter, um, which is a, a digital, a digital bonus or feature for uh, VIP members on our, uh, with our membership. And two weeks ago, or actually it was last week, uh, but two issues ago, um, did a cover story and AW averaged a million live and same night viewers for dynamite in, in quarter one. First time they've ever done that on quarter one, 2022. And it was a big increase over a year ago, but I talk in detail with Richman about this. It's not a very big increase over two years ago. You know, so I, I, I'm, I, I, I the spirit of what you're saying is true, but I, I just am pushing back a little bit on the idea that Vince is somehow tricking people into watching his product. Like he is giving a product to people oh, that I, a lot of people like. Oh, I, well, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he's tricking them or anything, but, you know, in the same vein, WWE's ratings have gone down substantially over the past decade from what they used to be because it wasn't that long ago Raw was um, averaging like 3 million viewers or 5 million viewers. Oh, totally, yeah, yeah. Basically down to like 1.5 to 2 on a good night. 
and also SmackDown's on a national network like Fox. So if, yeah. I think it would be substantially less if they were on, say, like USA or something like that. And yeah, just, you're you're right. Not absolutely not everybody who watches SmackDown actually has the capability to flip over to Rampage. So, in in the spirit of accuracy, which yeah. I, I think is is a good thing, seventy five percent of the people aren't not actually choosing to not watch Rampage. A lot don't know about it because of the head start WWE has, and a lot just don't have cable. Um, so, uh, two two very fair points. Yeah. yeah, I I just I just can't bring myself to care about WWE anymore for two reasons. One, the Saudi Arabia thing back in after Khashoggi was killed, which was my red line. Like I I can't support a company that does that anymore. And number two, you got a guy who's yeah. what seventy six going on seventy seven now, something like that, who's way out of touch with his own company he treats many of his employees like crap tony storm being a good example or uh, mustafa ali another example and he's and he's got a long trail of dead bodies in his wake too with you know for instance the idiocy of uh taken away uh and bret hart made this point of the idiocy of taking away marijuana from the wrestlers in back in the early 90s when if he had just allowed that to go, probably a lot of them would still be alive today, not resorting to pills and such things. So I, I made that point a lot. McMahon, um, and it, my, is, it is 420, so yeah. it's, a, it's a good day uh, to bring, bring that up. Brian, if you were complimenting Vince McMahon or criticizing him, I'd say the same thing. I want to stay a little bit more focused on tonight's Dynamite before I go too far down that road. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah go of ahead. course. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, I'm just Vince McMahon's a monster to me, and he always will be. But anyway, I'll move on. <laughs> I thought the uh, Kyle O'Reilly uh, Jungle Boy match was actually very good. I thought yeah. I gave that like a four stars out of five. And, and I was hoping that, you know, O'Reilly would pick up the win because uh, Red Dragon had lost last week. And he did. And uh, I, I, uh, I like to see where they're going to go with him and with Red Dragon let, let's, no, I, I, I know Wade. You, oh, no, go ahead. no, finish your thought, Brian. Sorry. I, I know you're not a fan of more title belts, but I think it's pretty inevitable that there's going to be a trios title at some point, maybe when Omega comes back. And I think they're laying the groundwork for that pretty nicely. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of ambivalent about the trios title. I don't really care one way or another. It just, you know, if they're going to do it, just build it well. But I, I'm, I mean, they're, they're clearly they're clearly with the Blackpool Combat Club, uh, the uh, Red Dragon, uh, the Bucks, and Kenny. Whenever he comes back, hopefully he'll be soon. But with the amount of injuries he's dealing with, I wouldn't bet on any time till the summer. But you know, there's a lot of tree uh, Jurassic Express with Christian, unless you know they're going to do that heel turn with uh, Jungle Boy. Because it seemed like they were kind of teasing that a little bit. So I think they've got that. I think they've got uh, something good going there. Well, let's 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 hit a couple of things here. First of all, um, Javier, the, um, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, and the Young Bucks. There's a proposed ten man tag match. Um, in the spirit of Brian being in favor of six man titles, as Jim Ross and I call them. Um, <laughs> what would a ten man? I didn't say I was in favor of it. I said I was ambivalent. <laughs> okay. Well. Yes. What would you call uh, Javier a ten-man tag team championship? What would the what would the cool club term for that be? Uh jeez. Uh, the Deca titles. 
No, well, no. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis. Like, what is ten in Spanish? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, the decima titles? Yeah. So they have to call it that. They have no. It's not. A, it doesn't have to be a title. They have to call it the decima, the decima tag tag match. Or, or or use another language. I'm I'm trying to remember the language. Well, I that, doesn't, that, doesn't, that doesn't that sh- doesn't that doesn't show off your knowledge of Mexican wrestling. You gotta you gotta be showing your club card about what a great smart fan you are by uh, by introducing you know that term and yeah. Anyway, there's six man tag titles. I'm on Team Ross on this. I'm always, I'm on Team Ross on most. By the way, Jim Ross has been better lately. Have you noticed that? Like. I, I don't maybe I'm just not on those pockets of social media, but like we're not getting calls and emails complaining about Jim Ross. I, I think I think he's more in a groove. Uh, Brian, was your noise uh, was agreeing or disagreeing with that? I heard you respond a little bit. Um, with the Jim Ross thing. Yeah. Re, re, did you did you, I, I heard you react yeah. to me saying he's I think he's better lately, and I couldn't tell if you were agreeing or disagreeing with. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah. I've always loved Jim Ross, and the you know one thing I noticed was. Uh, back when he was uh, at the UFC show with uh, Tony Khan. And, you know, I, I just commented on Twitter that it's nice that he's working for a boss that doesn't treat him like crap. Okay, so, all right. All making right. fun of him. <laughs> yes. Um, Javier, yeah. what do you think yeah, of Ross? What do you think yeah, of Ross lately? And see if you can not wind that into taking a shot at Vince McMahon like, like Bryant magically did. Him, because uh, <laughs> I, I was not enjoying him during um... – uh, Ross during the uh, when he was doing New Japan at all, yeah. um, but he he's more engaged with the product now that he's you know knows uh, you know everybody and and as far as that's concerned, it's cool. I'm a lot less cool with cantankerous Ross. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I think he he um, he uh, reared his head during a uh, I think it might have been the was it the Moxley match. It was a Tope Suicida, and he's like, "Did you have that in your bingo cards?" <laughs> Yeah. So I'll be honest. I, I did chuckle at that one, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, he um, you know so so I'm not as you know when he really's like cantankerous over over a match or over something, uh, not um, particularly when it's like you know get you know get these guys out of the ring. I'm like okay, look, yeah, I agree with you, but please don't underscore it. Just yeah. save that for later. He's yeah. been doing all that a lot less. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I think like overall he's been uh, more value add than he's been a value you know negative. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if people hear the, my old shows that I did with JR, uh, you know, when we used to do long form interviews pretty regularly, it's like we'd just be like, you know, mutual agreement society. Like, just, you know, yep, I agree with that. I'd say, oh, yep, I agree with that, Wade. Oh, yeah, I agree with that, Jim. Like, just philosophically, there's so much um, that we agree with. So, in that sense, you know, even when Ross has, is being cantankerous and even counterproductive and shining a, you know, hanging a lantern on things that maybe, you know, no one's thinking about until Ross brings it up, or maybe even if they are thinking about it, Ross doesn't need to validate for the sake of, you know, what's best for AEW and differing opinions. I, it doesn't change the fact that I'm not, you know, usually agreeing with, with him on that. Not always, but usually. Hey guys, it's Mike McMahon from the All Elite After Show. Every week, Andrew Socek and I break down AEW on our free PW Torch podcast. We've been doing this show since 2016. That's right. We're on our fifth year. 
When we started the show back then, we were talking just Impact Wrestling, and we still talk about them from time to time as well. And over the years, we've branched out to also discuss MLW, and of course, the main event of our program, which is always the latest going on in AEW. Again, the show is called the All Elite After Show with me, Mike McMahon, and my partner, Andrew Socek. You can check us out as part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. You can subscribe to our show and all of the Daily Cast shows just by searching PW Torch on any podcast app. And of course, you can listen ad-free with a PW Torch VIP membership. Um, yeah, go ahead, Brad. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, um, why? Where did the term "tope suicida" come from? Because they used to call it suicide dive. Is that is that what it's called in Spanish, like down in Mexico with the lucha libre thing? Is that where it comes from? Yeah, t- tope is dive. Okay, yeah, I, I was kind of wondering about that. Um, all right, um, C- CM Punk. I, I'm just wondering if uh, what your guys' thoughts are on. Uh, CM Punk versus uh, Hangman Page at Double or Nothing, because that's obviously where it's going to take place. And if you think there's going to be a title change there, because I almost think if you want the way you, you've been saying this a lot, if you want the title, if you want the champion to be like the number one person on the show, and I agree, it should be that way. You know, putting the belts on Punk would pretty much accomplish that goal. So I'm just wondering if you guys think there's going to be a title change at Double or Nothing when that match does take place. I think so, and I think they should. Um, I you know I, they've got the MJF rematch. I think I think MJF is going to become champion by beating yeah. Punk, um, and I think we should have. Yeah. A, I think we should have a summer of Punk. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's that's my thinking. I I I like Hangman Page. I, I I think he cut one of the best promos in pro wrestling last year, but it was but the drop off after that is is pretty strong. Um, and I just need somebody who's who's uh, seems a little more hungry and engaged and alpha than he's showing himself to be. Um, you know, there's sort of an aw shucks, show up to work, don't 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 draw, don't want to draw attention to myself type thing. And I, I just don't think you can have a world champion who who is is like that. I, I I think he's like a super cool, awesome, nice person who is in an era that. If he were in another era, he would be eaten alive by hungry, motivated, ambitious wrestlers in the locker room. And and there isn't that incentive, you know, to to do what it takes to get that big crowd, you know, travel city to city and earn your keep like in the territory days. I He just doesn't have that right now. Um, and, and, you know, I think I've had people tell me, you know, that he's in, kind of insecure. You know, he he didn't work a lot of indie shows. He didn't get yeah. formally trained. Um, compared to, uh, you know, it just doesn't have sort of that track record. And it's like weird because he had this great rise before AEW launched where he was, you know, the hot, young, up-and-coming talent. And he earned it in the ring at indie shows and internationally. And yet there's still he still has some insecurities that I, I think he just feels – he's such a nice guy. He feels like, well, but I'm not as qualified as these people. Like I think he just still thinks that, and and it leaks into his character a little bit. So all that said, um, he's young, and he's valuable, and he'll be a, a great star for AW. But I, I'm not sure that being world champion is, is ideal for him, and I think they have so many options. Just move on to someone who you can fill more TV time with than they feel comfortable 
you know, with him. They don't they don't just put him out there in the ring and let him fill TV time carrying segments right now. And uh, you know, CM Punk can do that, um, and 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 Jeff can do that. And um, so anyway, uh, Javier, your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, and I, I am a little bit not concerned, but I, I like I have questions because he has said that like in promos that he wants to. <laughs> wrestle more and we're not seeing him like in a lot of like matches uh, on tv so that 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 kind of feels like that might be a little bit truth into to what he's saying um but he might be you know, better wrestling more not as world champion because i don't know if you want world champion wrestling all the time yeah yeah but uh, yeah i'm, I'm I, I but it, what i'm saying is, is like I, I think that might be you know might be uh. like to come to play play you know what i mean in in, in his uh how he's feeling Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause I mean, you could have them in, you know, involved in more tag team matches and stuff like that with, with other people. Um, I'm not sure if uh, CM Punk is going to be the one to dethrone him because, uh, in the last bunch of matches that CM Punk has had, he's been selling like different parts of his body falling apart. So I don't know if that is a way out where, you know, if he wrestles, um, when he when he wrestles, let me rephrase that. Um, Handman Page, that it's going to be like a knee thing that takes him out, uh, and I'm thinking that's either like a way out for for CM Punk to lose or a way for CM Punk to win by faking an injury, and then you know, kind of like in a heelish kind of way. Because uh, I think if, if when the two of them wrestle, I think heels going to take more of the um, cantankerous point of view, you know position like the if not full-blown heel more of a um you know uh prickly punk uh against uh against uh hangman page i think i think that's so i, I wouldn't say that he's uh, P- punk is like a shoe in to, to be the one to beat uh hangman page all right uh Brian, well, there's always the mjf option too to, and mjf takes it off a of hangman you always have M- yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's and he's beaten hangman once before in a match I don't think there's like as long of a list of obvious contenders to be the centerpiece AEW champion yeah. uh, that you know we say there are, but I mean they've already done Moxley, they've done Jericho, um, they've done Kenny Omega, and I mean I I don't think they're I don't sense they want to give Keith Lee that I don't sense Christian is a candidate I don't think Andrade is I don't think Alistair Black is so they've had a bunch of recent signings who aren't. Um, you know, maybe Adam Cole, you know, I, I, at some point, Brian Danielson needs to win it, uh, but it doesn't feel imminent. Uh, and so then you kind of look at, well, Miro, I'd be for that. Like on just sort of a personal level, I think he's been one of the best, one of the best overall characters in his matches. You can headline pay-per-views with him. His promos are, are super entertaining and fantastic. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, like, so you could do that, but it's not obvious because, you know, if you're AW, it's another XWE mid card, you know, an XWE guy um, who wasn't even pushed that hard, although he had world title matches and worked against, you know, Cena and Reigns and stuff. But, um, you know, do you want to go that or do you want one of your homegrown guys? And that's where there's value in Hangman uh, being champ. But he wasn't a top, top guy like Punk was. So anyway, I mean, I, I, I don't think the list is obvious and I just don't think they've gotten that next tier ready. You know, Sammy Guevara, Ricky Starks. Yeah. Um, uh, try to think who else, uh, uh, Jungle Boy, uh, you know, um, Darby, like, you know, we love them. They, they're reliable. They give you great matches, but they're not, you know, they're not pushed where you think they're on the cusp of credibly challenging for 
uh, the world title. So it's just not as long. And maybe Wardlow, you know, is, is kind of high up on that list right now as a homegrown guy that Tony's got his eye on. But I think that's a longer story arc. And I don't know that you can headline pay-per-views with Wardlow matches. You know, I, I think you could end up with Matt Morgan in TNA or early Sting in WCW where it's like, yeah, the matches just don't feel main event, even though the guy kind of looked to the part relative to the rest of the roster. Well, bigger doesn't always mean better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, yep. Oh, I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll just uh, bring one last quick point then I'll leave it to you guys. Cause sure. you sound like you want to move on a little bit. So, <laughs> um, just got to get my two cents in on the women's thing like I usually do. I thought uh, the Baker uh, Camella match, or it was a, it was good for what it was, you know, just, just kind of a five minute squash match, if you will, to kind of get Baker in a nice little promo. I was kind of intrigued by that last part where she kind of went after the Jade's baddie section. So um, my question is, do you guys think that was just like part of a promo in a general sense, or do you think? Maybe they're positioning Baker to go after Cargill for the uh, TBS title as opposed to Tony Storm. Just uh, interested your thoughts on that. And uh, thanks a lot, and have a good night. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. I, I, I'm not saying that's Albert Baker talks behind closed doors about her cohorts in the uh, AEW women's division, but I'm not saying it's not either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's some people going, wait, she said that on TV this time? Um, she's a bit of a handful behind the scenes and has a little bit of a reputation in some circles, uh, for in, in, you know, it's, it's in a way like that's good because it's what hangman page, like, you know, would benefit from like, but there's like with everything, there's a bit of a happy medium, um, with some of this stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, her bearing the rest of the, I think we actually, I think we got an email on this. Let me introduce that. If I, if, if I'm not imagining, um, this i guess maybe i don't maybe yes maybe it was something i saw on social media i thought somebody i thought somebody mentioned something about um her bearing the roster maybe it was maybe it's jake barnett's report over pressing.net maybe that's what i'm thinking anyway um it was an interesting promo i i just i you know she falls in that category of you know she's in pittsburgh you know her market people are cheering for her, but I, I, I want I want a little more clear reason for me to like or dislike somebody and not just be constantly conflicted. Um, and and then, you know, kind of go you with mean it. Her promo did not do the, do, did not uh, settle it things for you, Ed. Well, it did. It did. It settle it for you, Javier. No. Yeah. <laughs> did yeah. Not, because yes. I, my reaction when she went into the promo was that uh, she starts calling out, uh, you know, all the baby faces. I'm like, OK, so so we're settling on heels then that she's a heel. Then. And then she goes, yes. starts cutting a promo on Jade. I'm like, oh, my God, yep. <laughs> we're doing this again. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I know. I know. I think, let me see if it was Jake. Oh yeah, it was. It was Jake Barnett over ProSing.net. He said, I'm not sure what Baker thinks she's accomplishing by dragging the entire women's division. This felt like a Triple H promo circa 2004. <laughs> yes, yes. I did find it funny that she bagged on Thunder Rosa's promos and then delivered a decidedly mediocre one herself. Jake is so good. He's he's, he's on the show a lot, but he is, uh, he's not, Jason Paul is not the only reason that you should be supporting ProWrestling.net. Uh, Jake is a top analyst out there. Um, well, uh, my brother uh, chimed in earlier because uh, he's he's watching the show now. He's he's on delay. Uh, he he uh, texted me, "Boy, Britt Baker botched the bleep out of her promo." Yeah. So that's one of the things that stood out to her him. So. 
Wow. About her thing. So. <laughs> yes. The, the other thing he mentioned is when did, when did Sting become the new Terry Funk was the other thing he said. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, I don't know when it happened, but over the last few years it has. Um, by the way, uh, Colin McGuire does good work over Prosing.net too. I don't want to – I'm sure I'm leaving out the – I don't want to exclude him either because his, uh, his, his editorials over there are good too. Uh, Jason's put a good team together. All right. Let's see. Um, I want to uh, – I definitely want time to get to emails. I uh, – I want to bring Brian on. Uh, excuse me. Uh, we brought Brian on. I want to bring Ryan from Cumberland, Maryland on next and then um, jump into some emails because we, we definitely have some good emails here. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcasts? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the U.S., Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, and our I Was There When shows, where our guests will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PWF Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise! Uh, Ryan, I don't want to leave you hanging any longer. A couple of people dropped off because we went so long with the first couple of callers. Uh, you're still with us. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, usually you bring three things to us. What's your, uh, what's your first? My first question is on the New Japan president. We all know how like, Vincent Mann came into power and how Penny Khan came into power. Do you know how uh, this uh, owner or president came into power? Because I, the only thing I know about him is he went to school in California and has an MBA that I've don't know how he became such a player in New Japan. Javier. Uh, the If I'm remembering my timeline correctly without actually doing research on this, um, uh, Harold May, I believe, was the previous one, and things did not go well with him. And so they pulled him out and put in – because uh, they mainly went with Harold May in order to uh, push for um, uh, you know expansion outside of Japan. Uh, I know there were issues between him and uh, I believe that that's part of the reason why um, – uh, Omega and, and the Bucks and, and the exodus of some of that talent was, you know, part of that, I believe, was uh, reasons for that. Uh, and and basically talks wouldn't have resumed between AW and if, if, if Harold May would have been around is what I believe. Again, I'm gonna have to do I would have to do research because I'm going off the top of my head. Um, and uh, I don't know how he specifically ended up getting, but I know why, you know, why they moved on from uh, the previous regime. Yeah, that's. Sounds right to me, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know his his backstory, um, Ryan. I can't can't add to that. Um, what else have you got for us? My second question is on Hook and this Dan Hansen feud. I heard a rumor that it's maybe the spell that he's putting on him will lead to him switching bodies with his father Taz. Is that possible <laughs> in the cards? Uh... Uh... <laughs> If, if I just, okay, Javier, remember your thought? If that happens, I just, Taz has to prepare himself 
for an onslaught of attention that he has never received before from both the straight and gay community. And I don't know if Taz is ready for that. <laughs> uh, I, I pass. Whatever what you just said was way better than anything I was going to say. Um, by the way, uh, speaking of Hook, I watched him come out tonight, and I did not see a crowd go like apeshit nuts for him. Yeah. Um, I, I did. Did they wait too long to pull the trigger on bringing him out of dynamite? Has Hook cooled off? Did they? You know, I mean, I don't know. Was it six weeks ago? I, I don't have a great sense of time. When when was Hook first showing up? And it was just everyone was going nuts. And I, it almost feels like they poured a cold bucket on him, like on purpose politically, because it just feels like the timing really has hurt him. Um, I don't know, Javier. What 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 did you think? Well, I mean, how how far along is he really? Uh, that's that that would be my question. Is yeah. is he far long enough to be able to you know stand there with. Uh, you know, the, the top guys that are there. I mean, that, that would, that would be what I would be my, what would be my question. Cause, uh, yeah. you know, so, cause I mean, we, we still haven't seen him really do much. I, he, you know what he feels like? He, he feels like Goldberg, <laughs> you yeah, know, Goldberg yeah. just had a couple things that he did and, and everybody got behind him. So I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't say they necessarily, you know, like pulled a cord, poured a cold bucket. It was more that eventually the, mystique was going to wear off at some point and i just don't not entirely sure where you go from here you know uh you know because this is a point where he probably should be going somewhere else to uh further explore the craft you know yeah um like i would say i i, I just get rh just get rh up and running as soon as possible and move them all over there <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, keep him off of the dynamite and keep him off of rampage and put him in like a some you know someplace like that where he could you know explore you know and, and build up more of a of a reputation outside of that before you you know bring him in. I, I mean I'm, that's I mean I'm assuming I'm of course assuming I don't know how ready like I said how ready he necessarily is but I mean you know he looks freaking amazing so. Yeah, um, uh, Dave from North Carolina listening live um, emailed and uh, said uh, one. Sammy was going for heel heat full stop. He was wear, wearing Becky Lynch tonight. He's parodying <laughs> Cody at this point, which would be awesome um, if that's intentional. Um, and and then he, he also said um, Hook, wa- crowd is going totally for Hook in mid-December to early January. That's when he had the number one selling t-shirt. Um, so, yeah, he, he said it wasn't wise to cool him off so much. Um but it might be wise to cool him off if what you're saying is true, Javier, which is, you know what? He's just not ready for the popularity that he has right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting that, uh, yeah, it, it's like, so we're in April, so February, March, three, it was like three months ago that Hook was the talk of the wrestling business. Wow. Um, but yeah, Sammy, if, if, if Sammy and Ty are like now going to go full-blown parroting Although, God, fortunately, we never saw Cody and Brandy Duncan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And VIP members at near the end of uh, everything, I I explain to Rich Fan how he can remember. It's not uh, Tay Conti, it's Ty Conti. And just prepare yourself. Um, Because I I gave gave, uh, Rich, what's the the term for when you... When you're when there's a, a trick to remember, like you're learning Spanish, you know you have a a thing you do that helps you remember. I, I it was sort of like Nia Jax. It's her knees aren't pretty, her eyes are. It's Nia, not Nia. Um, 
And that wasn't a dig at her knees. It's not like it was just a compliment to her eyes. But nevertheless, it was a way to try to like help people understand, you know, how to how to remember how to pronounce her name. Um, I'm not. I'm I'm agnostic on her knees. Her eyes are beautiful. <laughs> but your laughter is not helping me dig myself out of this uh, hole that does not exist unless you're laughing and causing me to explain myself more. So anyway, um, some look forward to for VIP members who want to hear uh, everything with Rich. Um, Oh my God, I'm so far off track now. What was I even thinking? I don't know. <laughs> you were trying to remember something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, okay. Right. Mnemonic device, I think, is what you're. Looking oh yeah, for. yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But it's it's not it's not actually mnemonic. It's it, no, it's not that. I mean, you're on the right track, but it's something else. Anyway, Ryan, you are still there. Thank you. Get us back on track. What's your third third point? My third point's on Torby Allen in the casket match. I always understood why the Undertaker had these matches because he's a Undertaker. So there's a reason why Darby has these matches is because he's obsessed with dying, because like, he does all these stunts, or is there a other reason why he always puts himself in these casket matches? Yeah, it's it's a death wish. Uh, you know, he that that's kind of like his thing. He has a death wish because of uh, his past with his uncle. You know, he 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 met, he's mentioned that you know half of him is already dead. Uh, fits the motif, the coffin dropping his finisher. Yeah, it, it's 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 part of the whole shebang. And it's like you know, it's it's hard to actually have a coffin match to have a actual good reason to have a coffin match. Not that this is necessarily a good reason, but or have a character that that's their gimmick. And you know, he he you know it could be it that's his match. So. For, for those reasons. All right, cool. All right, Ryan. Thanks for taking the call. Thanks, yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, before we wrap up here, I, I thought this would be a shorter show. I don't know why. I don't know. I, sometimes I think that, and I'm never right. Um, anyway, support us on Patreon starting at $4.99. Get these shows ad-free and bonus VIP content. That's $4.99 on Patreon. Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That is the quickest, cheapest, and easiest way to support us and enjoy these shows with a streamlined listening experience. The Wade Keller Post Shows, Podcasts, and the PW Torch Daily Casts, plus some random VIP bonus content. Let's go to some emails here. Um, uh, David, no last initial, no city, um, says uh, they have lightning in a bottle with Hook, but they may squander it if he doesn't cut a good promo soon. And beat someone higher up the card. So someone else kind of, you know, just, it's like, oh, when, when you think of where he was and then where he is now. Also, I, part of why they might be doing Danhausen, and, and they might explain this if they were willing to, you know, explain why they're doing this, is they can do a gimmicky match with Danhausen, and Hook's not ready to have a full-fledged match. So it's it might be like, oh, this is beneath Hook, but it actually might be the only thing they can do with him right now because he's just, he's still really green. You know, he's still... Having short matches, he can run the ropes and hit a nice lariat from behind, and he can do some cool submission holds, and he's got, you know, legit, you know, foundation to build on, but that doesn't mean he's ready to believably sell and do all the things that, that to be a good wrestler, a good pro wrestler, I mean, it, it really, it really, no matter how quickly you're picking things up in the ring, it takes years to get good at this. Um, maybe an Olympic gold medalist, Kurt Angle, didn't need years, but it's like, it, it's not, in, but even being an Olympic gold medalist, it's no guarantee Gable Stevenson's going to be good. Um, there, there, sometimes people are really good athletes in some areas, and they just it doesn't click how to sell and take a punch and throw a work punch, um, you know, in the way that you have to to tell the story in a wrestling ring. So, uh, you know, they're very limited in what they show Hook. Um, 
But yeah, they might they might have squandered it. But the question is, would it have exposed Hook in a bad way if they quote didn't squander it and it, and put him out there and had him look bad in the in the meantime? And I, I think I think that's almost the best case scenario is Prudence intervened over just trying to capitalize on making some money in the short term. Yeah, and in terms of uh, cutting a promo, that's not his character. That's not no. the character they build. It's, he's the man of mystery. Uh, him speaking is is death for the character, <laughs> no matter how good he is. He smiled, and I don't think he should have smiled. Yeah, that was a mistake. I think I think that was a mistake. I, I, I you know because he after he smiled, he like all of a sudden got you know serious again because he I think he broke character. He was about to laugh. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know. Yep. Yeah. So, yep. Yep. I don't think it was, I don't think it was intended. I think he, he accidentally just broke character because he found Dan House hilarious. <laughs> yes, I mean, I, who doesn't? I mean, I, you have no soul. You have no soul, Todd Martin. If you uh, go find Dan House hilarious, uh, I am so sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry, Todd Martin. You're, wow. you're, you're my favorite. <laughs> wow, it's like Nia Jackson, the knee comet. You're like, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. David also says Tony and the sharp dressed man for New Japan look like geeks tonight. Why would the production staff that he pays let Cole and White hijack the announcement like that? I expect WWE style mass releases after that. Um, yeah, I mean, thank you, David. I'm I'm with you. I mean, Jay White coming out, I'm fine with a wrestler literally forcing himself physically to interrupt a segment. But the idea that a production crew person would think, oh, I'm going to put Adam Cole on on the big screen and interrupt his boss and my boss on a very important announcement, it's just not believable. It's just it, it's not believable. Well, I mean, the one thing I would hand them is that he said, I have something I need to do. And they gave him enough time to go torture somebody to say, hey, if you don't do this, I'm going to you know, take out your family. I don't know. So, something along those lines. Yeah. They did you know, play off of it. So I'm you know, you're going to have to create your own, um, uh, you know, fill in the blank yourself. But, you know, they left enough wiggle room where, you know, you could imagine something else went on along the the. I mean, you know, it would be nice if they say, oh, uh, Adam Cole has been fined because uh, he beat up, a, you know, beat, beat up the producer guy and, the produ- you know, forced the producer guy to put him on TV. Yeah, yeah. I, again, that, I'm lo- that's all I'm looking for is take an extra minute and make it believable. Um, okay. But, I mean, there's enough space there for you to fill it in with your own headcanon, so. Eh. Don't, don't. I know. You're not, you're, not, you're not a fan of that. I know. <laughs> I, well, be, the, the reason that I'm not is – if they consistently didn't have things that could not be explained in your head canon, like the popcorn on the table, yeah. um, and honestly, sting in the crowd, like there's just too much of it where they don't, they haven't earned the benefit of the doubt in other ways. So, um, they, I mean, they're good in other ways, you know. I mean, you know, Tony said we're not going to do invisible cameras, we're not going to do coincidence cameras, you know. Like, I mean, it drives me nuts on WWE TV that they go live to somebody on their phone texting. And it's like, they would no, there's no reason you would film that. Except then two seconds later, someone interrupts. But it's supposed to be happenstance that that happened. But so film the person walking backstage who says, I got something I'm doing, follow me. That's what AEW does. They have people commandeer a camera guy and say, follow me. And that's way better than, oh, there's Rhea Ripley walking down the hallway. Well, this is a weird choice. And then suddenly something happens and someone enters the picture. It's dumb. And there's a better way to do it. So do it the better way. Excalibur, by the way, blew it um, on, on the show because he said, do you remember this, Javier, with the uh, uh, the backstage interview? Uh, what was exactly? Um, I, I'm trying to uh, get specifically to the interview. I'm scrolling through here. Everyone bear with me. Um, I thought it was earlier in the show or later in the show than this. Um 
he threw to he threw to an interview and he said it was with two people. It was it was Scorpio Sky, but I who was Scorpio on on camera with an Cass. That's it. Yeah. Oh, sorry for forgetting you, Cass. So he said we're going to go backstage to an interview. Shivani's got Kaz and Scorpio Sky for an interview. He said that, and then they went live to Shivani in Kaz, and Sky interrupted the interview. Yeah. It wasn't planned. It was like when CM Punk said, oh, apparently in two weeks I'm going to know who, my, who I'm going to be facing for the world title. He said that a week before they announced the world title match between the two people he was talking about. Um, Sting did that on a promo like a month ago. Like, they get their wires crossed. Wrestlers know things, and then they're scripted to acknowledge them before that actually enters the narrative on TV. Um, so everybody, ha- you know, both major companies have have their faults in this way. But I'm not, I, I'm not going to side with you that I have to create headcanon um, to explain these, you know, happen these these well when things happen out of order, that's obviously a screw up. I well, mean, oh no, I know. would yes. have to say that there was a time vortex <laughs> and someone went back. To thank, thank you for listening carefully to what I said. And you're correct, Javier. I'm talking about the implaus the implausibilities. Um, you know of yeah. Anyway, all right. So let's go to another email. A PW Torch VIP membership doesn't just give you ad-free access to these shows and a ton of other VIP-exclusive podcasts throughout the week, but you also gain access to our unmatched, vast library of wrestling history, our contemporaneous week-to-week coverage through our Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletters dating back to the late 1980s, along with streaming and download access to hundreds of retro radio shows from the 1990s, including some of my interviews with wrestling's top newsmakers in the 90s, and also our podcast library dating back to the year 2003. There's no larger longer spanning pro wrestling podcast library than that that comes with a pw torch vip membership now approaching 20 years of podcasting go vip and dive into our post pay-per-view roundtables our coverage of some of your favorite eras of wrestling top name long form interviews and special format podcasts that we've done throughout the years pwtorch.com slash go vip we have a streamlined sign up form and you can pay with paypal or directly with your credit card or debit card in one or two minutes from right now, you can be a VIP member and diving into our library, pwtorch.com slash govip. Uh, Alex from Montreal. Uh, despite a few rough spots and a questionable decision or two, I thought this was a really fun show. The Warlow storyline continues to be pushed forward to perfection. Sting continues to defy time um, and logic. The BCC continue to create memorable moments, and I'm beyond excited for the potential of the AW New Japan Super Show. All that said, I'd like to talk about something a little more overarching tonight. Recently, Tony Khan said that he's going to make Rampage feel important again. Over the past three weeks or so, I feel he succeeded in doing that, and today alone we got promos or video packages for Samoa Joe and Satnam Singh, Eddie Kingston and Daniel Garcia, uh, Jade Cargill hyping up her match with Marina Shafir, and Adam Cole dropping a match announcement for himself in Tomohiro Ishii. This stuff is so incredibly basic, but I feel it is doing wonders to improve the synergy between Dynamite and Rampage. The shows have felt more connected, and I hope they continue with this approach moving forward. As a side note, I also love the Thunder Rosa video package to remind us of her status as AW Women's Champion. How have you felt about AW's attempt at adding this connective tissue to their shows lately? Have you noticed it at all, or is it just me? And do you see this approach as sustainable or something Tony will burn himself out with and stop doing a month from now? Thanks for your time, and have a great show. Thank you, Alex. Always good to hear from you, uh, email or call. Um, so I I don't think this is new. Like I think they have been promoting Rampage somewhat consistently is that i'm hedging on i'm not saying like always but i feel like more often than not there's been something on dynamite hyping rampage 
Um, and I just give them a really bad grade for how they handled the the Cole title defense against Adam Cole last week. I mean, I, like, you can't just have Excalibur speed talk it or have one mention of it. Um, I mean, that, I guess that's, you know, world title. I mean, they're, they're announcing more matches, but I just don't think what AW needs is more things that they're telling you about that are happening later. I think they need to make something feel really important and drive that home over and over again so that you know it's the most important thing. So it's, it's more, it's, you know, quantity. It's not quantity, it's quality, like, of, of announcement. And for Rampage to feel important, I think what they needed to do is headline this show with not a ring entrance, but with uh, the announcers discussing the major world title match that took place last Friday on Rampage and the outcome of it and the ramifications of that outcome. And they didn't do that. They buried the lead. It got mentioned passively without a video recap with Adam Cole just in, you know standing around saying, oh, we've all lost lately. Like that's not, to me, making Rampage important is following up on what happens on Rampage in a way that matches the the importance of what the, 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 what should be the importance of what happened. And they didn't do that. So I'm still not there. How about you, Javier? Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. It's like, because the, um, uh, Dynamite has been feeding into Rampage a lot. I don't feel like Rampage feeds into Dynamite as much. Uh, yeah. and, and I think they kind of need that. And I, and for the most part, I think the, their weakest is actually when they have the live rampages, because when they have a live one, that that's the one where it feels like a more of a disconnect. Cause you know, when, when they're doing, when it's not live, it's when, you know, they're just promoting something they're going to be doing later on the show. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, uh, you know, so it, it, it kind of feels like it flows better in that way. And they've been doing that for, 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 for a while now. Um, but it's the flowing back because when yeah. you know you flow back from Rampage to Dynamite, you're not floating over to you know the next couple of days. And there are moment times where they say, "Oh, this happened last time on Rampage," but you're right that I mean you would think that your your a, a Texas Death Match for the title would be something that you would you know highlight you know yeah. particularly since it's, it's it's the second match. And, you know, it feels like it's not important at all. <laughs> They're so, Tony is so worried because he looks at these minute by minute, studies them. And it's, it's to the detriment of the quality of the product that he does this. He's so worried that as soon as he goes into a recap, people are going to tune out. And you ha- might have evidence that that's the case. I still think it's worth losing a few people. They'll come back. They're just, oh, I already saw this. Okay, they're your hardcore fan. So they're going to go, you know, flip on something else for two minutes and they're going to come back. You know, I saw that in, in this week's Posting Torch Newsletter cover story. I dissected the minute-by-minute numbers for Cody Rhodes since his return to Raw and compared it to how Roman Reigns did and how minute-by-minute uh, minute a random women's match did and how uh, Ezekiel did. And, like, you can do that, but one trend is it, the top, the, the ceiling viewership is the ceiling viewership, and when it drops, those people come back. Um, so if I'm Tony Khan, I just, I just have Excalibur and like Ross and just discuss like video clips of that match and say, Hey, you know, last Friday we, we had this major world title match and, and headline the show, go to Ross and Excalibur at ringside. I, I don't like the every week, just doing the live ring entrance. When you had a world title match in between the last two dynamites, go to the announcers on camera and go last Friday, a major world title match took place. We are, um, you know, so many fans were excited. Hangman page fended off the challenge, the formidable challenge. Um, of, of of Adam Cole. And that's when Excalibur can point out that Adam Cole's no slouch, since he likes to say that about people who are losers, losing matches. Um, and But but in, in 
and then talk about what this means. You know, just just discuss like Hangman Page is still champion. That means CM Punk has been talking about who he face who he wants to be in the world title picture. He's now looking at Hangman Page. Hangman Page is now looking at, at Punk. Instead, they just sort of visually told you that with that sort of awkward Hangman's coming out, but we're not sure why. Is he lost? And we have a brief stare down, and then they never mentioned it again. Um, and yeah. Adam Cole mentions it in you know as sort of a backdrop to something, but fewer than half the people watching Dynamite watch that match and Cole's referencing it and the announcers haven't told you what happened and you haven't, you haven't gotten a video recap of it. So I, I just, yeah, I just don't agree with the formatting of AEW and, and the, the order and the presentation of, of reinforcing and emphasizing things that I, I think there's a core 500,000 people who, who you, you don't need to cater to, but you got to like talk, talk to these other people. They're, they're, they're the ones who are, who are more at risk and, and limiting your growth. I mean, did they even mention the match when uh, Hammond Page came out? I'd have to go back and listen. I because I don't think they did. I don't think they did. <laughs> I, I think it was Hangman Page. Is is he drunk? Is he lost? Why did he wander on stage? You know, see <laughs> yeah, CM Punk I and mean, him stare at each other, and now we're and I, I probably Excalibur talked over that to probably plug Dustin Rhodes. You know, like and heaven forbid we actually explain why Dust. You know, like it's when the match began they started talking sort of peripherally about Dustin issuing the challenge to Punk, but like cut out literally cut out 40% of the content on dynamite and make the 60% you keep mean more. And, and Jake was writing about this at proceed.net too. Like there's just too much happening. Nothing gets emphasized. Nothing sticks. Everything just, it's silly putty throwing against the wall and then it just falls off. It doesn't stick. Cause then there's other stuff just happening. And like Dustin against punk is a big, give us the Dustin promo plan this three weeks ahead. So you can have, you know, like a couple promos building up to it, have punk talk about what it means to him. Obviously this was, this was an emotional match based on the post-match interaction between the two, but they didn't tell us the story. They just threw the match out there. Dustin cut a nice promo last Friday on rampage, 400,000 and change saw that. And now it's a match you're supposed to watch for 20 minutes. Like how are you going to hold people's interest? If you're not pulling them in, pulling everybody watching in. And it's, it's frustrating because the potential is there for, the, you know, people who email this show, they're watching, they're going to watch no matter what. That's that's not the market that I'm kind of saying needs to see this. But I also think even people emailing and calling this show and listening to it would enjoy AW more if, if there was less going on. And what they did present, they did a better job putting in context uh, and, and then also reflecting on things that happened more. So things sink in. Uh, Javier. Yeah, no, I, that, that was my first notes on the CM Punk Dustin Rhodes match is dream match. What am I missing? Because they yep. they promoted it as a dream match, and even even Dustin, you know, even that's even after watching Dustin's promo uh, when he did the the promo for the match, uh, I, I'm like, okay, you know, this is a dream. It's it's a dream for Dustin, and it's important for Dustin because you know uh, the promo that he cut. But the way they talked about it, it's like this is a match years, you know, you know, however long in the making. And I'm like, you know, I, I was off. WWE for quite a while, pretty much all of the, yeah, pretty much all CM Punk's run. So like, and I know they were on there. I mean, did, you know, was something, did something go on there or, you know, why, what's the importance between, you know, that, that, that between um, CM Punk and, and Dustin. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, well, I mean, it's cool that they're meeting, you know, it's, it's, you know, um, you know, it does, you know, Dustin obviously only has a handful of matches left in his career. So, and it's cool that he's wrestling CM Punk and, you know, it's kind of like a neat thing there as if, you know, like one of Justin, uh, you know, like, you know, uh, Jushin Thunder Liger versus, you know, Rey Mysterio was going to be, you know, it's like a neat thing, 
but they promoted like a dream match yet yeah. did nothing to build it as such <laughs> so i'm like yeah. never you know or they talked about it as being a dream match did nothing to promote it so it's like what, what am i missing here um yeah it's just you know it's, it's that you're right it's it's that thing that you know you're, you're putting great matches and and you know what i'd rather be complaining about this outside of some of the more fundamental issues wb has mm-hmm. so these are issues you know we're, we're talking about stuff that man you could improve to a certain level um i'm assuming that because uh, uh, you know one of the things i love about impact is when they start their and it's almost every episode they start with like a previously on and they do it like a trailer and with like cool music and it really captivates yes. me does that just not work in general because I mean, I, 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 you know, movies, you know, a lot of TV shows used to start with previously on, and you know, to yeah. excite you for what's going on. And I've seen that drop. Is that just something that doesn't catch people's attention anymore? I, I think it's, it's, I think it is essential for the health of your product in an ongoing basis that you do that, even if you sacrifice a little bit of viewership to do it. And it's a hard, yeah. it's a very difficult choice to make, especially for a young company that's chasing the next big TV deal. Um, if you look at the minute by minutes for Raw, the the three minute and six minute opening video packages usually it's like two you know two to four minutes don't do the same numbers that the live promo does in the ring or the first match um they sacrifice viewers in order to emphasize what is most important and make things feel important um it's not a huge drop off but those people show up you know that they they do and wwe's decided it's important to do it even if they lose, you know, they, they're, they're beginning viewership for three minutes is 7% lower than it would be otherwise. Uh, David, North Carolina, listening to us live, uh, chimed in again and said, every climax needs a lead out. AW does so many climaxes that cut straight to the credits and never follow up on what we just saw. We literally had a Texas death match and it was even a fun one. And they didn't mention it. Like, what the F? They even have a name for it in screenwriting. It's called the falling action. So I looked that up. And uh, masterclass.com says, in storytelling, falling action refers to the period after the dramatic confrontation of the climax. This portion of the narrative helps deflate the plot's tension and give the character time to unwind after an emotional scene. When you don't have a falling action, when you don't have falling action in wrestling booking, nothing, ironically, nothing seems important because you move on too quickly to the next thing. And AW moves on too quickly to the next thing on dozens of things all the time. And it makes things retroactively it makes you feel foolish almost like for being invested in something that they can't be bothered to talk about once it's over you in an excalibur plugging what's coming up next week as a champion is celebrating retaining the title or a champion is cel- or somebody's celebrating winning a big match or winning a title and they've done this i made note of it the last few weeks we've seen this you you need to be talking about what you what you were just told was really important, although they don't, they're not good at telling you it's important, but something important just happened. They should be talking about that longer, not, oh, it's on to the next thing. Hey, don't, please, watch us next Wednesday for this, 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 this. It's like, no, slow down. Take a deep breath. Let the champion celebrate. Talk about what this means t- to them and to you as a viewer that this outcome happened. Let it sink in, and they just don't, and it hurts them. I really think it hurts them, and it's it's one of the weakest points of AW's presentation. Yeah, the, the falling action is funny because we I just had that uh, discussion with uh, my friend and, and my brother uh, over. It was a show, I'm not gonna mention the show because the show is horrible and uh, uh, but uh, the name of the show. But we ta- I was talking about a show because I, I I tried it out and it, there's a lot of crude humor and it's all 
you know, and, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of crude humor, but the thing is that like every scene is trying to outdo the next scene and every joke is trying to do, outdo the next joke. So all you're getting is like a pure stream of crude humor, Yeah. you know, and, and without any, and I mean, they're cutting from one scene to the next and, you know, and, and without anything for you to absorb the joke. And I actually, it's hilarious because I described it as how, you know, some of those wrestling matches that are spot fests where it's yes, just a yes. spot, move on to the next, and no yep. selling. And that's yep. exactly how I described it to my friend because I was saying, you know, they, they hit the joke, but they move on to the next joke without actually selling, selling in between and letting you actually, you know, receive the impact of the joke. And so the, it stops being funny and it just becomes a, just like a steady stream of just, you know, filth as opposed to it actually, you know, like being funny. And, and it's funny because we just finished discussing that, and I use it. I used the wrestling analogy, and now it's the other way around. <laughs> That's really funny. Yep. PW Torch is now on YouTube. Check out our relaunched, revamped, and reinvigorated YouTube channel after many years sitting dormant, collecting dust, and now it's back, shinier, brighter. It smells better. It's our PW Torch YouTube channel, and you can check out daily news updates. The weekly fireside chat with Tyler Sage and Zach Hadorn, and my Keller commentaries. The first Keller commentary was my rebooking of WrestleMania 38's lineup. I used all the same wrestlers, but none of the same matches, and I tried to make a better two-night event. Decide for yourself. Go check it out. YouTube.com slash PWTorch. And be sure to hit subscribe and like our videos. All right. My podcast post producer just messaged going, when are you going to have the show to me? So, um, <laughs> all right. So let, let's, uh, let's speed through a couple more emails here. Um, we had really good emails, and I don't want to shortchange them. John from Tennessee. I'm not sure how to feel about this New Japan AEW Super Show. I'm sure it'll be a great pay-per-view, but I really... And by the way, it is on pay-per-view, I, if people are wondering that. Um, I'm sure it'll be a great pay-per-view, but I really don't want the next several weeks filled with guys from New Japan. We have barely seen guys like Buddy Matthews, Keith Lee, Swerve on Dynamite since they signed in February. Tony Khan has already had several ROH guys to the show I personally could not care less about, and I'm sure I'm not alone. Who could possibly care about the Sanjay Dutt, dude? Uh, the show seems all over the place since the last pay-per-view, and now New Japan, the New Japan edition of the show is just going to add fuel to that fire. Do you think adding ROH and New Japan wrestlers could actually turn off some people and cause them to stop watching? Thanks for the great content. Everyone will go VIP. My answer to that is yes. There's, it's just too much too fast. Too much going on. Um, and yeah, I remember when Keith Lee and Swerve and um, I've already forgotten about the other person. Oh, Buddy Matthews. Yeah, he made an appearance finally again. Um, yeah, 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 there's, there's, up, yeah, there's no momentum. Yep. 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 All right. Um, uh, Joe from New York. Uh, Jungle Boy showed me he can be m more than a gimmick or just a tag team wrestler. Jungle Boy showed he can have a career as a singles wrestler. AW needs to develop talent like Jungle Boy. AW needs to show that they can create their own wrestlers. Fact is, one of the reasons WCW went out of business is because of all their history. In all their history, they only created three top stars Sting, DDP, and Goldberg. AW just can't sign every WWE talent or New Japan talent. Sooner or later, you need to make your own talent. Or they just need to settle on, you know, six top guys at the expense of 12 others. And and I, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago on the post show. I think it was a post show. Um, just choose six guys and go, the next six months, it's going to be about them. And you can then spend that next six months building the foundation for three or four people who are going to move into that top six so that they're ready. 
and then three or four move out of the top six, and they do what like Orton and Riddle, do, Orton and Riddle are doing, move them into a tag team situation. Although Orton and Riddle, you would say, are top six right now because they've actually done a good job emphasizing the tag division at WWE. Ironically, unlike AEW, um, which is going to be known for that. So yeah. Anyway, I'm editorializing in the middle of an email here. Jungle Boy showed me in ring talent tonight. The fact is, he had a good long match and looked good. He showed me he has another level to his skill set. Before this match tonight, I thought he was just a gimmick or at best a tag team wrestler. He showed me something tonight. Your thoughts? I am still not over Jungle Boy's complete lack of judgment in making fun of Cauliflower Ears on, on his promo last week. Like, I, I will never forget that. Like, I, it, it, was, it was incredibly bad judgment and almost disqualifying <laughs> of, like, rooting for the guy. Like, how can you... Like, those Cauliflower Ears are earned through wrestling and it's a badge of honor and he mocked it i like i mean i'm I'm not saying like you know i'm not gonna you know acknowledge how good he is he is but oh my god that was such a such a lapse in judgment anyway javier yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit more forgiving because he's young, and it was like, yes. I need to make fun of something. Let me pick the first thing I see. Uh, and it's like, dude, you just should not. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with you, because for, particularly if you're somebody who has a long history of wrestling, you know, of, of following wrestling and, and, and really appreciating on, on that sort of level. But yeah, I, I you know, it, it was a mistake. And I'm like, okay, dude, just, I, I mean. He's dead and, to me. He's dead to me. No. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. It's like, I, good here's God, a, man. But here's the thing. I, 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 he's not dead to me, and obviously, you know, I'm not you're writing about. Yeah, you're over. I'm, you're over I'm being dramatic, but uh, but I'm doing it for in part for a reason yeah. because I do think it's important when you're young to be aware you might not know everything about everything yet, and if you're on live TV, like I, well, he just he should know better, like. That you just you got to know better than that. So yes, hopefully a lesson learned, and hopefully he's ashamed and embarrassed. But yes, we can we can all we can all move on from it. But I don't want to just let it pass and go. Oh, no big deal. I want him to feel shame and embarrassment in context for that lapse in judgment or naivete towards what those stand what those stand for. Um, He should feel bad about that. I don't think everyone should just go. Oh, he's young. It's no big deal. That's my point. Well, and, and to correct you, Wade, even when you're old, you should know that you don't know everything about everything. <laughs> that's that's actually very true. Um, 100%. Uh, it is it is very true. All right. Uh, Chris Fielder from Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. Uh, hey, Wade and guests, do you think that you're guest? Do you think the Sammy situation was planned or just another Tony Khan pivot? Pivot. Pivot. It's a pivot. Um, Sammy and Ty just blew it. And that is not planned. They were, I need a secret. I, I need to see an email with a date on it from six weeks ago that can't be forged showing me that this was planned before I'd ever believe that was, that is speaking of youthful and like, I mean, no, they, that was not planned. Javier. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, there might've been a, uh, a contingency plan, uh, once their relationship became public, because yes. it's a possibility the, cr- the, cl- the, the crowd would turn, you know, eventually on them and there might've been a contingency plan, but not like, this is what we're going to do. Yes. Yeah. I mean, d- I know how Tony Khan was with Cody. It was, uh, uh, all right, Cody, go try to fix it. You know, uh, it's, it's not working. You want to try again? Okay, try again. Oh, God, this isn't working. Uh, what are we going to do? He's an EVP. He's got pride. He doesn't want to be healed. 
but this isn't working. What are we going to do? And then as Todd Martin has posited, he just lowballed him on the contract and <laughs> caused him yeah. to leave. Um, and, you know, I mean, I have my reasons for being confident in, in how the dynamic played out over a number of weeks. I think this is very different. Sammy doesn't have that kind of leverage. And I don't think Sammy cares if he's a face or a heel um, at all. He just wants to be a star. and he's a better and- heel. What's that? He's a better heel. Oh, he's way better as a heel. But he doesn't know that because he's out there. He, when he when he was being a babyface, he was climbing ladders and winking at the hard cam before doing high spots and thought that was babyface. So, you know, when we talk about people lacking judgment who are young or old, um, I mean, wow, his instincts are not good as far as. And, and just going, you know, after losing the title, which he was saying it means the world to me. Oh, I don't care about the title. I just want to put on a good match for the fans. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> I roll. I don't care if I win or lose. You know, it's like, Jesus, I'm spoiled. Whatever. All right. Um, that, that's two pillars you really hate, Wade. <laughs> I do not hate. I am laughing. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm I, obviously no, no. kidding. No, no, I know. I am laughing at Sammy, and I am scolding <laughs> Jungle Boy, standing up for wrestlers, actual wrestlers ever. But yes, no, um, not hate. But a little, a little scorn and mockery. All right. Uh, All right. We'll close here. Um, Ken B says, simple question. Would less be more when it comes to AEW? That is a theme of the show. Um, And the answer again is yes. I love New Japan. I respect Ring of Honor's legacy. And I enjoy the excitement of the weekly new surprise signings. But the opportunity cost of dedicating so much time to these acts is just getting steeper and steeper. Specifically, incredible core emerging AW acts like Kingman Page, The Young Bucks, Darby Allen, Ricky Starks, Hook, Rick Baker, Powerhouse Hops, Malachi Black, Buddy Murphy, Brody King, Dante Martin, Swerve Strickland, Ray Phoenix, Pentagon, LAX, Jungle Boy, Sammy Guevara, Orange Cassidy, and countless others. By the way, Ricky, oh, Ricky Starks was on the list. I, did I say him or skip over? Anyway, and countless others are failing to reach their full potential as stars by coming and going off television and playing second fiddle to the surprises. For example, I look at how over FTR got simply by giving them consistent focus for a few weeks. And I wonder if AW would have been better off in terms of capturing those second million viewers in trimming their roster and giving more consistent, more focused weekly television time to fewer acts. Can't help but wonder if AW doesn't start losing talent to WWE when contracts come up simply because they want to be on television more than every third week. Um, Well, I could have read Ken's email at the start of the show and saved us two hours, Javier. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh uh, I mean, I mean, the, uh, again, uh, a lot of these talents also could wrestle uh, in the indies and outside. So, um, you know, they they they're they're not just stuck at home like uh, uh, Mustafa Ali. So, yeah. Anytime you're watching WWE Raw or SmackDown or AEW Dynamite in particular, send us an email if you've got thoughts on the show or a topic you want us to address or a question for us. Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. Wade Keller Podcast at PeteWTorch.com. If there's anything else going on in pro wrestling that you want us to address on our main podcast during our mailbag segments, that same email applies. Wade Keller Podcast at PWTorch.com. We invite that interaction. Let us know what you think of what we're saying and let us know what you want us to talk about and ask us specific questions. Wade Keller Podcast at PWTorch.com. Okay, I lied. Um, I shouldn't say I lied. I was mistaken. There was one more email I want to get to. Um, JB from Detroit. Along with the need to do a better overall job of explaining who new wrestlers or wrestlers from other promotions are in the context of AEW, I really think AEW needs to do a better job of explaining shift in managers or managers' motives. 
Today we had Jake Roberts working with MJF for money, but Lance Archer had no interest in the money. Not to mention last, and that was bad acting, by the way, by Archer. Oh, uh, by the way, speaking of bad acting, I need to call out Tony Khan. His reaction to Jay Lethal's music starting was hilarious. That's got to be a, a gif. Did, do you remember it, Javier? Uh, which one, sir? Uh, when, when Jay White's music played and Tony Khan jumped up literally in fright. <laughs> And made this like totally bad acting, like oh my god, whoa, no, he can't be here. It was like it was. What, was he parroting Vince McMahon? He he wasn't parrot. Par- he was not parodying <laughs> anyone. I I think I think he when was, Austin when when Theory's music played and he yeah, thought it was Austin and he it, started selling it. I I think it's coincidence. Um, I don't think Tony was mocking Vince McMahon or parodying okay. him. Yeah, you. I mean, judge for yourself, everybody, but. Um, the look on Tony's face, it was, I'm, I'm, I'm chuckling and smiling as I, as I reminisce. Okay. Lance Archer, like his acting in this was not good, but, um, it was brief at least. So he said, um, not to mention the last time we saw Archer, he was also working with Dan Lambert for some reason. We also had two Mark Sterling segments, uh, where he was with Jay Cargill and he was with Tony Nese. He's also been featured with MJF in the past. We've had a ton of confusion with Brandy in the past, as well as with Arn Anderson and now Tully Blanchard is essentially in limbo. Another issue I have with AEW is, is doing is, is with Hook and Danhausen. Hook is over the crowd because of his serious, no nonsense, and physical nature. While Danhausen, who hasn't been adequately explained, is a glorified comedy character. I worry that the silly nature of this feud, based around Danhausen attempting to curse Hook, might drag Hook's appeal down. On a potentially positive note, however, if this angle does somehow get over, I could see a decent odd couple tag team with Hook and Danhausen, perhaps called Hookhausen, where Hook is the serious straight man and Danhausen is the goof. Oh wow. I could yeah, actually see that. Yeah, that's, yeah, and that's one way to protect uh, Hook. And then they can go against Mark Sil- uh, John Silver and Marco Stunt. Um, no, all right. Also, is it in Sammy's contract? At least eighty-five percent of his matches have to be ladder matches and/or involving the TNT title. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming the Hardys' appearance after the Coffin match means we might be getting Sting and Darby against the Hardys at Double or Nothing. Yeah, we didn't even talk about the Hardys' appearance at the end. Well, the Hardys appeared at the end. <laughs> yes they did um they came out at the very end of the show and uh and did the delete sign as sting and darby were standing in the ring jesus christ (laughs) i love it Uh, you're not you're not shitting me that's really happening yeah yeah oh my god okay that's that's funny (laughs) Uh... I mean that that's that, that's just I think that that just puts I I had a couple of more things to say but I think that puts the nail on the uh, coffin. <laughs> Nicely played. Uh, yeah. So well, now that you know, Javier, what do you think? Now that that's interesting. I, I do want to. I do want to. That is the, that is one of the two and a half things they want you to know about the show, and you didn't even notice. <laughs> God damn, man! Uh, the 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 I, I did want to circle the ladder match because uh, um, uh, Jr. mentioned that was one of the. I, again, I, I just com- I did complain earlier about Contankers Jr., but I, I think he was on point with a few things today because yeah. he's like, wow, that escalated quickly. Yes, the ladder match. <laughs> yeah, and 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 they and so so and then like they they, he, they and the thing is that they talked about oh I'll t- I'll take your match if you take the the the, uh, tag. the mixed tag, tag match. Yep. And then I'm like, okay, well, all right, uh, you know, it, it, it's not like it didn't seem like they had ever asked about, asked for it, but okay, so they, they agree to that. And he goes, okay, well, I'll see you for a ladder match. I'm like, well, did we skip a few chapters? What the hell just happened? <laughs> yes. And yep. then you know, Jr. Jr. was like, uh, that escalated quickly. I'm like, yeah. So I do agree. I think he does have it on uh, in his contract that every every other match he has to be a ladder match. Yeah, 
All right. Um, my podcast producer will not Kill be you. happy. Yeah, this is <laughs> I'm like, oh, an hour, two, hour, 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 15. And now it's two hours, 15 and change. So, um, yeah, let's uh, let's wrap up. Javier, uh, tell, tell people anything you want about your work for The Torch and how they can follow you on social media. Uh, I, I wide uh, I white I write uh, the primers for uh, WWE um, uh, AW and occasionally Impact. Now that I finally caught up to them, uh, or about to catch up to them, so I can't promise that I'll have it done this week. Uh, but uh, going forward, and uh, uh, I, I do the New Japan Pride podcast. It's been on hiatus. Definitely. It's been on my We need to have a meeting. I catch up on it. <laughs> but I will be doing it once. Uh, uh, if I haven't gotten to it by then, I will be doing it for the G1 because I do want to cover yes. everything on the G- going on the G1, uh, likely starting with the Super Show, most likely, um, by then. Um, and uh, follow me at Jay Machado LK, at Jay Machado LK, I, I think. And I don't tweet anything out, so I'm easy to follow. <laughs> and um, what else? Uh, and uh, you can check out I was on uh, uh, Wrestling Night in America. I didn't pause there. Good job. Uh, with, with Greg, which was actually on Saturday this time because Easter was on Sunday. And we covered everything else about uh, AEW that we didn't cover here today, the major storylines and <laughs> stuff going on. So. Cool. Excellent. Follow me on Twitter at the Wade Keller. Follow our brand at PW Torch. Visit PWTorch.com. Give us five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts, please. Um, so yes, it please. And uh, send any feedback on the show to Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. Um, we're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with our live post shows, plus best of shows throughout the week. And of course, subscribe to the Blue Brand, search Wade Keller to get both shows, and search PW Torch to get the PW Torch Daily Cast, a different show every day of the week, a different theme every day of the week with different hosts. It is uh, inexcusable not to enter PW Torch on your podcast app right now and subscribe because there's some really good shows um uh some not so good but some really good shows on on the on the weekly lineup javier did you hear that you didn't react uh yeah yeah no i didn't because i was i i was thinking about asking you to edit out the stuff i said about todd because i i I don't want him (laughs) (laughs) all right very good all right well on that note we will uh wrap up I, i feel like that's a good place to end thank you javier thanks to our callers and emailers and uh um, give us a call next time. If you're listening to us on delay, uh, you're invited to join the call. Uh, until next time, Wade Keller on behalf of Javier. Bye. Now you can subscribe to our VIP podcast lineup within the Apple Podcast app using your Apple account. That's new as of March 2022. Just search PW Torch in your Apple Podcast app and you'll see the PW Torch Daily Cast logo show up. That's our free show that's been around forever. And also the PW Torch VIP Podcast logo. There is a free show every week. So subscribe even if you don't plan to go VIP and get a sample of our VIP tier programming. But if you click subscribe, then you'll become a VIP member instantly with a three-day free trial, after which your Apple account will be charged. So you don't need to take out your credit card, debit card, or go anywhere else. If you listen to our free shows on Apple Podcasts, you are five seconds away from being a VIP member with a three-day free trial. 
So we invite you to check it out. That includes dozens of VIP shows throughout the week, including VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows and podcasts and daily casts. All those episodes are presented to VIP members with ads and plugs removed, along with VIP exclusives like our post-pay-per-view roundtables, the Wade Keller Hotline, The Fix with Todd and Wade, everything with Rich and Wade, and many other VIP exclusive shows. Just search PW Torch within the Apple Podcasts app. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. So far in 2022, I am down about 10 pounds, and one of the things that's helped me stay on course, eating the proper portions, high-quality ingredients, and healthy meals, but conveniently within my busy schedule, has been Factor. We've been talking about Factor here for a few months, and I am a believer. Um, their, their meals are delicious. Every week, I look forward to picking out the, the meals that I'm going to have delivered. I, I've been sharing some of them with my mom. Um, who has a little bit different uh, preferences than I do, and there's a wide enough selection to satisfy my family and her. Factor makes it easy for me and my family to eat clean 24-7 with fresh, never-frozen, prepared meals that are so delicious you wouldn't believe they're actually good for you. Factor saves me time by delivering chef-crafted meals to my doorstep, eliminating the hassle of grocery shopping and meal prep, not to mention cleanup. There's no dishes to wash. This works perfectly. There's been a few times before Raw or SmackDown where I've been working all afternoon and I've got a real small window for dinner, and I'm so happy those Factor meals are in the fridge because I know in three minutes I'm sitting down and eating a restaurant delivery quality meal that feels like it was chef-crafted and chef-prepared. But you heat them up in two minutes, and you're sitting down and enjoying your meal within three minutes. It's faster than ordering in. Factor tackles the tough stuff so I don't have to. Their registered dietitians and expert chefs work hand-in-hand to create meals with nutritious ingredients. I'm big on eating whole food ingredients. I don't like processed food. I try to really limit uh, processed white flour and empty calories. And there's just not empty calories in these Factor meals, but they're full of flavor. A mix of vegetables, whole grains and a ton of protein and good carbs. I find myself not wanting to add salt or sauce or anything to these meals. I add a little pepper uh, to some of them, but others are, are just the right amount of spice. And with more than 29 meal options each week, you're never going to be bored. There's a rotation of meals. I have what I think are my favorites with Factor, and then the next week there'll be a new meal, and I'll try that, and it gets added to my list of meals that I think Factor's done a great job on. They offer vegan and veggie meals, keto meals, low-calorie options, cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, plant-based bars, extra protein options, veggie sides, and more. And it's been keeping me fueled and focused all day long. I've been doing more exercising since the beginning of the year, and Factor gives me the energy to keep going. So head to go.factor75.com slash Wade120 and use code Wade120 to get $120 off, that's code WADE120. That's WADE120 at go.factor75.com slash WADE120. Again, that's go.factor75.com slash WADE120 for $120 off. 
One benefit of VIP membership is access to our back issue library, contemporaneous, in-depth, insider reporting on pro wrestling in real time over the past 30 plus years. And throughout the year 2022, we're going to begin our march through the year 2002 with back issues posted each week in PDF and all text formats. You can read it in a PDF format with our original magazine slash newsletter style layout on your screen and flip through the pages, or you can read a straightforward all-text format on your phone or tablet or laptop. The back issues early in 2002 covered the arrival of Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan to WWE and all the controversy that came with them. Plus my cover story that broke the news on the planned launch by Jerry and Jeff Jarrett of a promotion called TNA. Also, the early 2002 features are 2001 year in review features, including ranking pro wrestling's most influential power brokers and our Torch year-end awards, the year in quotes, and the top 50 stories ranked in order from the year 2001. So go VIP and dive into our back issues. We have most of our back issues available as soon as you sign up with new back issues week by week from the year 2002, one at a time throughout the year 2022. PWTorch.com slash go VIP. PWTorch.com slash go VIP. That's PWTorch.com slash go VIP for full information and our sign-up form. It's more than podcasts. It's an unmatched library of wrestling history spanning more than three decades as soon as you sign up with more issues added throughout the year. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. Hey guys, it's Mike McMahon from the All Elite After Show. Every week, Andrew Socek and I break down AEW on our free PW Torch podcast. We've been doing this show since 2016. That's right. We're on our fifth year. When we started the show back then, we were talking just Impact Wrestling, and we still talk about them from time to time as well. And over the years, we've branched out to also discuss MLW, and of course, the main event of our program, which is always the latest going on in AEW. Again, the show is called the All Elite After Show with me, Mike McMahon, and my partner, Andrew Socek. You can check us out as part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. You can subscribe to our show and all of the Daily Cast shows just by searching PW Torch on any podcast cast app and of course you can listen ad free with a pw torch vip membership wrestling fans are you that person that works in a pro wrestling reference to every aspect of your life well, we're those kind of people too, but we do so with mixed martial arts. I'm Robert Vallejos, host of MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, every Monday on PW Torch's Daily Cast lineup. Not only do we cover every UFC and Bellator event, 
we provide context that only a wrestling fan would really understand. I mean, we're the type of people that if you ask us about how much of a mess the middleweight title situation is, we're likely to reference WCW in the early 90s. Think of us as a podcast for casual MMA fans done by hardcore wrestling nerds. And you can find us by searching PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or any popular podcast app. And we're always available on demand at pwtorchdailycast.com where you can check out the entire lineup of the PW Torch Daily Cast. I'm Rich Fan, host of The Deep Dive with Rich Fan, a weekly part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup of shows. Search PW Torch and Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern, I dive in with a guest for an hour on anything in the world of wrestling or wrestling related. Want to hear about the influence of historical figures like Big Cat or Any Lad? We gotcha. Want to hear about how crazy the Marine movies got? We are on it. No topic is too big or too small. So if you want to dive in with us, call in live or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Give yourself a reason to look forward to going to the mailbox each week with a PW Torch newsletter paper copy subscription. Details at pwtorch.com slash paper copy. It's 12 pages every week packed with my TV reports along with exclusive features such as my cover story on the top story of the week, our pay-per-view roundtable reviews from the Torch staff, exclusive feature-length columns from Greg Parks, Rich Fan, Sean Radikin, Alan Cunahan, and Zach Hadorn, Torch Talk transcripts, the latest news, and more pwtorch.com slash paper copy. Take a break from screen time and settle in every week with a mega dose of wrestling news and analysis with a Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter paper copy edition in the year 2022. You can get a full year of home delivery for just $99. Or try us for an eight-week trial subscription. pwtorch.com slash paper copy. We invite you to email the show with feedback or questions or comments. That email address is Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. That's Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. Also, welcome your feedback on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at pwtorch and follow me at the Wade Keller. That's at pwtorch and at the Wade Keller. A lot of you listen to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post shows who haven't watched the TV show we're talking about. A good way to catch up on what happened on the TV show is with my VIP-exclusive Wade Keller hotlines that follow Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. In fact, as soon as I wrap up recording the post shows with live callers and my co-hosts and our on-site correspondents, I send that off to the producer, and then I record the Wade Keller hotline, running down Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown start to finish. And it's not only a full rundown, a thorough rundown of what happened on the TV show, but also my analysis of the key segments and matches throughout the show, including opinions that I don't express on the post show. So as a VIP member, you can listen to that hotline first, which runs 20 to 40 minutes, and then jump into the post show with full knowledge of what happened on the TV show. That's just one benefit of being a VIP member. Another benefit is when you listen to the post show, the ads and plugs will be removed. So change up the way that you listen to our coverage of Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown by starting with a VIP Wade Keller hotline and then flowing into the Wade Keller post shows throughout the week. Go VIP. 
pwtorch.com slash go VIP. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. Rates start at $9.99 a month or get a full year for just $99. You can also get the Weight Killer Hotline through our Patreon tier. That's just $6.99 a month. Details on that are at patreon.com slash pwtorch VIP.